on the SNS radio network. And if you ain't down with that, I got two words for you. Suck it. Hey, this is Side Out Billy Gunn. My name is Armando Alejandro Estrada. <laughs> hey, this is Rotor Animal. <laughs> what a rush. Yo, monkeys, it's me, T-T-T. The king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. And you, well, you monkey, stay tuned or you will feel bang. I am the genius of the Galarian renowned Lanny Poppins. Well, what's up all you stars and stars? This is Mariette. This is Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, Mr. Hall of Fame, 2011, on SNS Radio Network. See ya! And I wouldn't want to be here. Turn it up, turn it up. The radio. I need the music. Give me some more. Turn up. The radio. I want to feel it. Got to give me some more. The world is listening. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. You are now jacked in to the virtual matrix. Please stand by for all the latest in professional wrestling, video gaming, movies, and entertainment with Chris Kelly of HeadlocksToHeadlines.com and the latest in video gaming with the sensational sequel. What? Yes, he's back. And here is your host. The Force is strong with you. Henceforth, you shall be known. Money on the mic, JJ Sexy. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth.
cut my music. What I'd like to have right now is for everyone listening to the sound of my voice, whether it's live, whether it's on the archive in a couple days, doesn't really matter to me. If you're listening, I want you to sit back. I want you to relax. And let's just take everything in. Because finally, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in 2012, finally, JJ Sexay has come back to Unplugged. And I'm going to bring you, in the year 2012, the best damn radio show, period. Doesn't matter if it's the internet, terrestrial radio, doesn't matter. 2012 is going to be the year that Unplugged blows them all away, baby. I'm back. No pro wrestling rewind this week. No, no. It's JJ Sexay. It's Unplugged. It's me. I'm home. So good evening, guys. Welcome to the first edition of Unplugged of the new year. I'm not really going to call last week's show Unplugged. That was really the pro wrestling rewind. Let's be honest. You know it and I know it. Got a lot to talk about on the program tonight. You know, WWE's kind of pissed me off tonight. I'm going to be real honest. I'm going to be in rare form, I think. I have some thoughts that I want to uh, expound on as it relates to the current WWE product. We're going to be talking about SmackDown here in just a little bit. Chris Kelly... Headlocks to headlines.com is going to be joining us shortly to cover a little bit of news of the week, of course. In hour number two, we're going to have the sensational sequel, Sean, come by, and I think he's going to be talking some gaming news and, and pretty much some other topics that he's, he'd like to talk about tonight on the show. And I will be taking your phone calls later in the program at 501-588-7957. So that being said, let's not waste any time. Let's talk about the happenings on this Friday the 13th of WWE SmackDown. This is such a fitting theme for SmackDown. Really, it should be the whole theme for the WWE when you think about it, because do they really know the enemy? Some would say it's the employees that work for them that are the enemy. I, I don't know. Maybe it's me. Maybe that's just where I'm coming from, but it just seems that way from my point of view. But uh, we started things off on SmackDown on this Friday the 13th edition with the world heavyweight champion Daniel Bryan. Basically, he wants to set the record straight on basically his title defense against the Big Show last week. 
saying that it was a shame that Mark Henry interfered and that most champions would move on, but he wanted to be able to tell his grandkids someday that he bested the big show, and so he was willing to give him another opportunity. And he talks about how Mark Henry should be suspended, which, well, Mark Henry's name is mentioned. We hear uh, somebody's going to get their ass kicked. Out comes Mark Henry, who basically tells Daniel Bryan that he's been banned from ringside tonight, and he will not be involved in the match at all. But he says, because of this, Teddy Long has agreed that next week I get a world title match. So Daniel Bryan was not very happy to learn that he had to get through the big show tonight and then Mark Henry next week on the program. We start things off with our first match of the night. We have Justin Gabriel versus Heath Slater, two uh, two former Nexus members. And this is the first time I've really commented on this. I guess it's, it's been a couple of weeks since I've really been able to kind of soak this in the uh, the nickname for Justin Gabriel, the Cape Town Werewolf, that is the worst nickname I've ever heard. Who comes up with this crap, really? You know, the Viper Randy Orton, Stone Cold Steve Austin, the Rattlesnake, and now we have the Cape Town Werewolf, Justin Gabriel. Wow. Way to go, creative. Great idea. I could just see Justin Gabriel. He's not hairy enough to be a fucking werewolf, first of all. Okay? Like, I would have thought... Albert would have been the perfect werewolf because the dude had hair all over his damn body. Albert, of course, giant Bernard in Japan. Think about it. But seriously, Cape Town werewolf for Justin Gabriel? I don't get it. Anyway, uh, pretty good little matchup here. And this all stems from the fact that Justin Gabriel uh, helped humiliate Heath Slater the prior week with help from Hornswoggle. So Justin Gabriel... And Heath Slater move away from the Nexus just in the course of a year. And now Heath Slater is in the Chavo Guerrero role where he's losing to Hornswoggle. Talk about recycling the same old shit, people. It's just the same thing over and over again. I feel like I'm being spoon-fed. Anyway, pretty good little match here. We see Gabriel hit an enziguri and then uh, hit his 450 splash for the win. So your winner here is Justin Gabriel. No big surprise there. I think Keith Slater is probably not going to have the most stellar career in the WWE. And, well, quite frankly, I never thought he was that talented anyway. Next up, we have uh, Cody Rhodes coming out. And he cuts a promo on the, I guess it's Laredo, crowd. Um, <laughs> he says that... They understand the words INS. Uh, I, I thought Cody was golden during this segment. He talks about how he's been the Intercontinental Champion for five months now, which puts him up there with he's better than Pedro Morales, Booker T, um, and even his brother. And he says that, and this is memorable, this, this, is, this is a moment. He says that his goal for 2012 is to pull an Ultimate Warrior. And before you guys get all like, what does that mean? Doesn't mean he's going to start a fight with Kevin Nash and they're going to go back and forth on Twitter or YouTube. That, that's not what he means when he says he's going to pull an Ultimate Warrior. Doesn't mean he's going to hold Vince McMahon up for money at SummerSlam. So he explains that He's going to not only be the Intercontinental Champion, 
But just like the Ultimate Warrior back in 1990, he's going to be the WWE champion or the World Heavyweight champion as well. So golden promo by Cody Rhodes here. Uh, the, the commentary here kills me, though. You, you know, you've got Booker T basically, you know, kind of giving it, oh, yeah, I got no problem with Cody. Yeah, yeah, I still think he's a punk kid, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've got Cole kind of, uh, you know, rehashing the fact that Booker's wrestled him three times and come up on the short end. Uh, they're, 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 they're kicking this in the head. I mean, uh, I, I'm serious. I, I've just about had enough of this Michael Cole, Booker T back and forth, you know. And is it just me or if Michael Cole is this heel character? And this is another observation that I'm going to make. Is it just me, or when Michael Cole does this character, why is it that one second, you know, he's talking down to his comrades at the broadcast booth, or he's disparaging a face wrestler, but then when somebody gets hurt or somebody gets injured or anything that, you know, you kind of change things up, then he's like, look like, like he's concerned, and then he's face again. Like, he goes through this every program, if you've ever noticed. If you sit there and really watch what Michael Cole does, I know he's being told to work it a certain way, and they want you to have heat with Michael Cole, but you can't just be face one second and heal the next second, face one second, heal the next second. That's fucking ignorant. It's stupid. That's why I don't think there's a place for uh, heel babyface color commentary in the WWE right now. They've completely taken that out of the, out of the equation. But that's just me. And you're right, Don Bronx. It is simple. Cole does suck. That's why he's kept his job all these years. Just saying. Uh, So this leads us to our next match. Cody Rhodes and Ezekiel Jackson, who's actually growing hair. He's not bald anymore. Zeke is growing the hair. But it doesn't really matter. Cody hits him with a beautiful disaster and then hits the the crossroads, getting the 1-2-3 over Big Zeke. There's another guy that I thought had a lot of potential, and Zeke is just, I don't know, it's like he's fallen off the train. Keep that word in mind, the train. Got a very special song of the night that I'm dedicating to former WWE wrestlers and even the ones that are still under contract. Train, keep that in mind. So yes, once again, your intercontinental champion, Cody Rhodes over Ezekiel Jackson. Next up, we have Santino Morella in the backstage area in Teddy Long's office. Uh, He's basically drawing up new ideas for new matches. Uh, One of them is a cage match with many cages inside and reptiles at ringside. Just stupid shit. The, you know, typical Santino Morello role as David Otunga walks in, interrupts, and says that uh, old John Laurinaitis, or laryngitis, mind you, has sent him to... Uh, the show so they could basically, you know, discuss which stars were going to be allowed in the Royal Rumble. Um, Santino, of course, sets up a match between himself and Otongo, to which Teddy Long agrees. And then, of course, we have the seductive music in the background as Oksana makes her way into the office. But Drew McIntyre walks in and says he's had it with all this. You know, and Teddy Long says, well, you have a match next, and you better win. So it's typical Drew McIntyre, Oksana, the same old bullshit that we get each and every week on SmackDown. Man, we're starting 2012 off just fucking fantastic in the WWE. 
Raw has been shit the last two weeks, and SmackDown starting off the same fucking way. So we have Drew McIntyre, a guy who can't get a win on this brand, taking on the the leader of the DiBiase posse, Ted DiBiase. We have special guest commentary as Hunico and Camacho. We have Hunico and Camacho come out and get on the broadcast. Yes, they're the special color commentators for this match because they obviously have an issue with one Ted DiBiase. Went over like a fart in church. I mean, really. There was nothing useful about having Hunico and Camacho, and this is the first time I've actually seen Camacho. I guess I missed SmackDown last week and didn't know that they brought somebody else in to hang out with Hunico. So that was news to me. I, I honestly thought there for a second that Mexican America was on my TV. Who knew? Anyway, we get a, a really quick match. And despite the fact that Hunico and Camacho are out there to basically provide a little bit of a distraction for Drew McIntyre, Drew doesn't get the job done. He gets hit with the, uh, the Dream Street, and Ted DiBiase gets the win. Of course, the same old shtick. We have the referee walking out. We have Drew McIntyre begging the referee to, uh, you know, redo the match or whatever so he doesn't get in any trouble. So, once again, we have no, <clears throat> we have no, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Finalization as to what's going on with Drew McIntyre. Every week it's, oh, well, you better start winning matches or I might fire you this week. Oh, I might fire you this week. <sighs> really? It's getting bad, folks. It's getting bad. I almost wish that Thunder was on the other channel so I could turn the fucking channel. Now, next up we have Jinder Mahal versus uh, the Great White Hope, Sheamus. As you may have guessed, uh, Jinder Mahal got the best of Sheamus this past week by putting him in a basically a modified version of the camel clutch and taking advantage of a situation courtesy of Wade Barrett. So Sheamus comes out like a ha- like just a house of fire, just starts beating the shit out of Jinder Mahal. Really good start up to the match. I was really digging it. In the end, of course, he gets the brogue kick, and that's it for Jinder Mahal. If Sheamus is this main event guy that they're trying to push to the main event, I'm just trying to figure out why we're bothering with Jinder Mahal, who obviously they dropped the ball with a long time ago. You know, I thought when he first debuted with this great Kali thing, I thought maybe they were going somewhere with this. Since then, Jinder Mahal has feuded with Ted DiBiase, which did nothing for either guy. And feuding with Sheamus is doing nothing but, you know, really utilizing Jinder Mahal as, well, obviously a jobber. And it really, in the long run, does nothing for Sheamus. Just my two cents. Uh, Next up, we have a segment in the back where Big Show is talking to one of the referees when AJ comes up to the Big Show and says that she wants to talk to him about Daniel Bryan and she doesn't want him to hurt Daniel Bryan. And he says, look, I'm not here to hurt Daniel. I just want my championship back. To which Bryan walks over and accuses Big Show of not only trying to steal his title, but his girl too. So then we see the scheming Daniel Bryan basically ask, because earlier on the night, I guess I forgot to mention this, AJ actually tells Daniel Bryan that she loves him. 
Well, Daniel Bryan actually asks her, how much do you love me? He goes, hey, let's go somewhere and talk. Which sets into motion the events of the main event, which we'll get to here in just a few minutes. I'm starting to come around to this Daniel Bryan character. I'm liking what he's doing. Here's a shocker for you, though. I've been very vocal and critical about the career of David Otunga, and I got to be honest, I mean, he's doing a good job as the lackey for John Laronitis, or John Laryngitis, whichever you, you prefer. Johnny Ace, the dynamic dude, Animal's brother, whatever you want to call it. Mr. Future Endeavors. And I'm going to say that his match with Santino tonight, I thought that this is the first time in a long time David Otunga has looked good in the ring. Uh, I mean, for the longest time, he's been utilized as, as that guy that's helping to put people over. Um, he's been in squash matches. But tonight, I thought David Otunga did a good job. I thought he looked very good in the ring. And I think he's been improving over the last little bit. The travesty to me with David Otunga is that I liked this guy's attitude when he was on NXT. I liked it when he was telling people, I'm David Otunga, Google me. You know, I liked it when he hosted Raw after winning that NXT challenge. And I said then that I thought this guy has charisma. If they could get the in-ring, he could be somebody in this company. And unfortunately, even though he's doing well in this Laronitis role, I feel like he's just kind of saddle-horned in that as a lackey, and he's never really going to go anywhere. And that's a travesty, because I think the guy's got potential. I really do. But good job of the night, i got to say. David Otunga did a fantastic job against Santino. I really thought that Santino was going to get the win here. But thankfully, David Otunga pulls it out. So, And he did it pretty much with the uh, a move that Fit Finley used to do. You know, that move's been named so many different things over the years. But, uh, you know, kudos to David Otunga. Here's where things kind of went off the rail for me tonight. And I'm, I'm going to speak not as a biased individual. Those of you that know, I have ties to the Hart family. I know Natalia, and yes, I know Tyson Kidd. I knew David Hart-Smith who's now doing very well on the independent circuit, is Harry Smith. As a matter of fact, for those of you that don't know, Harry actually has four championships in his possession right now from all of the indie feds that he's wrestling in and is doing fantastic. He's actually changed his name on Twitter to Brockus, uh, and he looks like he's in fantastic shape. Putting aside that I have a personal relationship with him, or had, more, more precisely, had a personal relationship as a friend to them. Tyson Kidd is quite frankly one of the best fucking talents in that entire roster. Raw, SmackDown, any show they have, Tyson Kidd can put on a match with a broomstick, much like Shawn Michaels could, and not have a bad match. Now, I'm not saying he's a main event guy like Shawn Michaels. Don't misunderstand me. But Tyson Kidd is a workhorse. He's a guy that they have utilized in the past. He's had great matches on Superstars. He's had fantastic matches on both Raw and SmackDown where he has elevated talent. He's been in that role. What I didn't like here 
was that Brodus Clay, you know, the Funkasaurus that everybody is in love with this week, by the way. I feel like I'm one of the only people that hates this gimmick. Yes, the song is catchy, but I heard it back in 2004 when the cat had it. And despite the fact they've given this gimmick to Brodus Clay, I still think it's damaging to his overall run in this company. As a wrestling fan, as an entertaining fan, yeah, I guess, you know, it's great for the kids. It's great for everybody that loves to see big fat men dance to funky music. Kudos to you. My problem here is this. That Tyson Kidd, who could obviously have a fantastic match with a guy like Brodus Clay to help put Clay over, is jobbed out in like 10 seconds here. Tyson gets a jobber entrance. They show him on the outside. Oh, yeah, his opponent's Tyson Kidd. Throws against the ropes, gets hit with a fucking crossbody. One, two, three, it's over. You could have used Santino Morella for that. I'm sorry. But to use a guy like Tyson Kidd, who's been the MVP of, of shows like Superstars, and can actually go, I found quite insulting. I was really disgusted. Not that the WWE or anybody else gives a shit, but I was a little disgusted with that. So, yes, the Funkasaurus, Brodus Clay, makes his debut on SmackDown and squashes Tyson Kidd in 10 seconds. Congratulations, he's a dominant superstar. All right, WWE, way to fucking go. We go to commercial break, but we come back. We come back, and it's not over yet, folks. It's not over yet. Because then we have probably one of the best women's wrestlers. That's right, I said it. Women's wrestlers in this company or in any company in the last, oh, I don't know, five or six years in Natalia who jobs in about two minutes or less to the daughter of Jimmy Superfly Snuka, Tamina. So we had back-to-back heart jobs. And again, I know that Natty doesn't have the greatest personality. She's not the greatest, uh, you know, talker in the ring. She doesn't do a great promo. But in terms of being a female wrestler... Not an entertainer, not a fucking cookie-cutter diva. But in terms of being a wrestler, she's one of the best in that damn company. And it pisses me off to no end to see somebody who deserves better. Back-to-back now. That deserves better be put in that role. I just don't get it. But now that Tamina is channeling her father, the Superfly... She's the best diva on the roster, damn it. I'm sorry. I, I just <laughs> I just don't see much upswing with, with Tamina. I really don't. So she does the Superfly Splash. Well, whoop-de-fucking-do. That's just my opinion. Take it or leave it. That 25 cents might buy you a cup of coffee somewhere. Next up, we have Wade Barrett come out, and he basically says that uh, the arena might have been impressed by Sheamus, but he wasn't. He says Sheamus has a temper and isn't in control of himself all the time. And Wade Barrett is going to be this year's Royal Rumble winner. And he's challenging Sheamus. He wants a match next week. And then he walks away. 
So next week, it's Wade Barrett versus Sheamus. Who knew? So next up, we have our big main event of the night. We have the World Heavyweight Championship match. The Big Show challenging champion Daniel Bryan. Um, and I like the beginning of this match where Daniel Bryan tries to, to handshake with the Big Show, and the Big Show just picks him up and press slams him. Um, you know, Big Show really kind of dominating Bryan there for a little bit. Bryan uh, gets to a head where he runs out of the ring. AJ is at ringside. He's running around the ring with Big Show, you know, the big 400, 500-pound guy following Bryan around. And he whips by AJ. And as he whips by AJ, Big Show is right behind him. And he runs smack into AJ, knocking her down to the ground uh, where she took a nasty bump. And, of course, the Big Show stops in his tracks, starts crying. The referees, the medics are out there to check on AJ. The match is done. It, no contest. It, it's done. And Big Show is just sweating his ass off. I, I couldn't tell if it was sweat or if he was just crying that hard. But Big Show very upset. Daniel Bryan uh, acting very concerned over AJ. And they get the stretcher out as they start to wheel her off. Everybody, the referees, Big Show, Daniel Bryan, they're all making their way to the back. Daniel Bryan is chastising and yelling at the Big Show, calling him a bastard. How dare you do this to her? She had nothing to do with this match. Um, you know, and then they have this confrontation at the end where Daniel Bryan is, is just still bitching at the Big Show. To which the Big Show is just standing there crying like a big fucking baby. And that's how we end SmackDown. That's, that's the end game. Now, I mean, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that the plot was when Daniel Bryan asked AJ, well, how much do you love me? That he basically, in order to keep his title, asked her to interfere in the match and he set it up that way and, and i, I kind of dig that i kind of like where this is going with this direction that they've got with daniel bryan so we'll see how it plays out grade wise i'm gonna give this one a c plus no i'll go b minus because i really do like the main event aside from that so many segments on this show is the same shit every week you know i how many times do we have to see Oksana and Teddy Long? How many times do we have to still do this Drew McIntyre angle where there's really no finalization to it? You know, oh, I might fire you this week. Go out and fucking job. Oh, I'm going to fire you this week. Go out and job. I, I just, I don't get it, man. Sorry. I, I, not understanding. But anyway, that's what happened on SmackDown tonight. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. I'm just, I, I guess I'm just in a funk. I really feel like 2012 for professional wrestling for me especially as it relates to the WWE, it's kind of taking a downer. I mean, after the last two weeks of Raw, I'm almost ready to stop watching that show. And I hope that SmackDown doesn't continue to decline because that's really the show that I watch more than any of them. You know, I mean, obviously I cover it here on the show. So I'm just not feeling the WWE in 2012. So I hope something changes and I hope it changes real fucking quick. But with that said, let's go ahead and talk a little news of the week. And joining me right now on the Skype line, ladies and gentlemen, uh, sponsored, of course, by HeadlocksToHeadlines.com, the owner and editor of HeadlocksToHeadlines.com, the one, the only, the fucking foreign kid, the British Broski, Chris <laughs> Kelly. What's going on, Kelly? You know, you could always go back and watch TNA, because for the last few weeks, TNA's been a fucking fantastic show. I, I mean, keep hearing that. 
I mean, I know that Teenage have flaws, tons of flaws, but when they put on better show than the E, I don't think anyone can uh, complain. True that. So may- maybe, just maybe, it's time to give Teenage one, uh, one last chance. But as you say, a bit of news of the week. Apparently this year, WWE is going back to 12 pay-per-views a year. That means we finally get a month between pay-per-views. No longer will we have three, three pay-per-views in six weeks. Maybe, just maybe, this will give them time to create storylines. Hopefully. Well, let, let, let's, let's hope. I mean, I find it funny that in 2012, we're going to have 12 pay-per-views. So watch in 2013 when they add that other pay-per-view back in, just so that they can make it, you know, politically correct. You wait. <laughs> it's going to happen. I'm calling it right now. Mark tape right now that in 2013, they'll go back to 13. And then in 2014, they'll have 14. You watch. It's going to happen. So in 2020, you're, you're going to have to cover 20 WWE, WWE pay-per-views. Exactly. They're going to have like two SmackDown a month, two Raw a month. Yeah, yeah it's going to happen. Because, you know, they're, they're, business is going to be booming, man, with this network, you know? They're going to be booming so bad they got to put pay-per-views out for the network. they got to do that, man. they got to go, 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 go. That's what's going to happen. You mean the network that's being pushed back because they have no physical place to start just yet? Oh, Crowley, don't be negative. You know that they're they're ramping up to fucking make this thing big, dude. Brother. Okay, Hulk. I felt, no, like, I felt like doing a Hulk promo there. I'm sorry. Brother. But, yeah, I mean, kind of a good segue to, to, to the WWE Network. Yeah, that's been delayed. It was meant to be around about Mania. But because they don't have actually any physical place to start, they've, they've had to delay it. Do you know what the funny I mean, thing is? Like, they, they were promoting that this was going to happen, you know, to coincide with WrestleMania. And, you know, they're still, like, trying to hire people <laughs> to, to yeah. fill all the positions. It's like, what the, f- what the fuck, people? I almost feel like this network is going to be a, a big a bigger failure than the from the X. No, excuse me. Let me take it from the top. One, two, three. I almost feel like this WWE network is going to be a bigger failure and a bigger flop than the WBF. And those of you that don't know what the hell that is, that was Vince McMahon's ill-fated World Bodybuilding Federation. Which actually, the biggest claim to fame that it had was when the WWE signed Lex Luger to a contract in the early 90s. Before he debuted on WWE television, he was part of this WBF. I also think it's going to be a bigger abysmal failure than possibly the XFL. Ouch. I think, I, I think it will depend on, on how, like, what they're actually going to put on the network. Because, of course, they have hours upon hours upon hours of content from all, all wrestling companies. But it depends what they're going to put in in terms of new content. Oh. Because we've seen the advert for the, for, for the WWE house. Yeah, we've got Legends House. And, you know, maybe maybe Santino Morello will have his own late-night talk show. You know, kind of like a Johnny Carson or a Arsenio Hall. And it'll be, welcome to the Santino Morello show. You know, and, and maybe they'll bring back Vladimir Kozlov. Or, or maybe, maybe instead of Kozlov, Maybe they'll bring back uh, Tony Atlas so that Santino can tell all the funny jokes and then Tony Atlas go. <laughs> You'd watch that, right? No, because I don't think the network will actually come to England because, because the E has a contract with Sky Sports to show all their content. So they can't put out their own network and break a contract that they just signed with Sky Sports. 
So I think the, the whole network will, will actually only be restricted to America, which will hurt their financial side shitloads. What else, what else do we have? Now, earlier you brought up Brothers Clay, and I did it. I know that you love that gimmick so much. So much. You know that you want to call me mama and start dancing to it. Apparently, that was a last minute idea. Are you surprised? Are you surprised that WWE were like, gimmick, gimmick? You know what? We'll turn him into Rikishi. Actually, you know what? Brodus Clay. And I'm still, I, I'm waiting for Mark the Shark to get back to me on this one. Because I sent him on a special journalistic assignment this week. Okay? On behalf of the SNS Network, he's trying to procure blood samples from King Kong Bundy and Flash Funk and from Brodus Clay to prove, to prove once and for all, ladies and gentlemen, that Brodus Clay is, in fact, the illegitimate son of both Flash Funk and King Kong Bundy. I'm waiting to find out the results because the resemblance is quite shocking. I find it funny that during Ball on Monday that the term Rikishi was trending worldwide. He's but nothing the, like the Rikishi. I, I mean, seriously, nothing like Rikishi at all. I don't get that. I mean, yes, he's a fat guy that dances. He doesn't even dance that well. Rikishi could dance well. That's the difference here. Rikishi didn't come out in a fucking red tracksuit and thought he was fucking Reverend Run from Run DMC. Poor Jam Master J is probably rolling over in his grave right now. You know, and, and Flash Funk, Flash Funk is upset because he stole the Funkettes. And and this between Hakishi and uh, Brodus Clay, the fans actually cheered for Hakishi. On SmackDown, the crowd were dead. Like you, you could hear them trying try, trying to pump in the, the, the fake pop, but when but when it panned out, the crowd were like, "This is fantastic." So. I think it's the, I I think it can go one of two ways. Either the kid will pick up and love it, or they'll have Clay get pissed off that he debuted and was given a shit gimmick, and then then just go monster on them. Well, that's, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that he gets pissed off and just goes. I will nuts say I will say this about Brodus Clay. Uh, I I want to see him succeed. I want to see this character do something because I think that for the first time in a long time he is a different. Well, let me backtrack a little bit. I was going to say that I was really anticipating his debut because I really felt like he was going to be a different type of character. You look on the roster and you don't really have any you know, real fat guys on the roster. When Brodus was there as the bodyguard for Del Rio, as the student of Del Rio, during the whole NXT thing, he was a different dynamic of a character because you never saw anybody you know, aside from King Kong Bundy and in previous years, you haven't really seen anybody that's been that overweight in the company. And I really thought they were going to do something a little different. And, you know, the WWE has always done this with the fat guys. Um, let's go back to Mabel. You know, Mabel was a fucking joke. Then they turned him into Viscera. You know, then he was the world's largest love machine. He's either a dominant fucking powerhouse guy or he's comedic relief. And that seems to be what they do with big guys. Big show. One minute he's a dominant monster, the next minute he's goofing off and doing all kinds of stupid shit. Uh, it, it just seems like they really don't know how to utilize people properly in this company. You know, oh, you're a fat guy, you're a big guy, you're either going to be this or you're going to be this. There is no happy medium. You're either the comic relief or you're that dominant badass. Yeah, 
I mean, the the E has history of fucking up talent. I mean, you brought up earlier how right now they're screwing with Night Nightheart. I mean, just just look at Beth Phoenix. She hasn't been on Raw for a month, and she's a Divas Champion. Aren't champions meant to be on, on each show to like make the belt mean something? I would agree with that. No, I would agree with that. Hold on a second. Super Sun Anwar says that uh, Kong was solid fat. Brodus is all kinds of flabby. I, I got to disagree. King Kong Bundy was flabby, too. I mean, it's hard to say he was a solid fat. I mean, <laughs> if you're fat, you're fat. I mean, there's no way. There's, you, if you're fat, you don't have fucking six-pack abs. You're not fucking solid. <laughs> I mean, let, let's be honest. I know that in Legends of WrestleMania and games like that, uh, you know, Yokozuna has like a fucking 24-pack on his chest. doesn't work that way. If you're fat, you're flabby. Now, if you're a big guy who's not necessarily fat but solid, yeah. Bundy, fat guy. I've seen him in person. Fat, fat, fat. Now, what else do we have on the old news? Now, apparently, and this is kind of a spoiler, so if, if, if you don't know who is, one, two, three, Chris Jericho is set to win the Rumble this year. So, for, and apparently, the night after the Rumble, he'll come out and talk finally and say that he's changing well, CM Punk for the world. Hold on, hold on. That, that's not the only thing that I've heard. I heard that prior to Jericho coming back in, they have penciled Randy Orton as the winner. So, I think they're still negotiating on what they want to do. Now, again, and I, I've said this for a while, I don't want to see Chris Jericho come into the company and have a title match with CM Punk unless he wins the Royal Rumble. Because to me, if you're going to put a guy that hasn't been in the company for a couple years in a title match, a la The Rock and, and John Cena at WrestleMania for the title, I don't think it works. So the only way that you can really do this is to have Jericho enter the Rumble and win it. you know. And then, obviously, he'll come out and talk, and he'll challenge CM Punk for the belt. And if that's the way they want to go, okay, fine. I'm all right with that. But I'm not someone who wants to see a guy who hasn't been with a company for years come in and be the number one contender. I just don't buy into that. With the Rumble, it's it's a crapshoot because you got 30 men and, you know, it's every man for himself and anybody has the opportunity on any given Rumble night to be the champion and get their shot at WrestleMania. So in that particular pretense, it works for Chris Jericho. But if they don't do it that way, it's going to go over like a fart in church. So this means on Raw for the next two weeks, you can just mute your TV while Jericho's out? I might not even watch Raw the next two weeks. I might have to read somebody's recaps on Raw. I'm yeah, going to give it another shot on Monday, even though I don't know why, because I'm going to be disappointed. I mean, I just found out that Perez Hilton is going to be there. <laughs> Whoop-de-fucking-do. I mean, if you're going to get a Hilton, you at least get Paris. I don't want to see fucking Perez Hilton on my fucking TV. You know, I thought the Sin City Raw was was a, fa a fantastic, fascinating idea. It was exciting. And then I hear that Perez Hilton's there. <laughs> Whoop-de-fucking-do. That does well, it for you, me. You think it's bad for you? Here in England, it starts at 2 o'clock. You really think I'm going to stay up until 2 o'clock to fucking list, to watch that program? No. Not going to happen. Uh, what else do we have? Over on Twitter, uh, Goldust says... That WWE officials are considering having him versus Cody at Mania. And now, they need to. And they need to. And I'm telling you the scenario right now. Cody Rhodes has already set himself up for this. The plan is in place. Tonight when he cut that wonderful promo, and it was a wonderful promo. You know, 
when he said that he's going to pull an Ultimate Warrior and he's going to be the Intercontinental Champion and he's going to win the World Championship, it made perfect sense for at the Rumble to have not Gold Dust, but his brother, the son of Dusty Rhodes, Dustin, the natural Dustin Rhodes, enter the Royal Rumble and be the one to take his brother, the Intercontinental Champion, out of the match. If you have that, then you have the perfect setup right there going into WrestleMania. Brother versus brother, and I think for the Intercontinental Championship, and it's not Gold Dust. You can't have this be Gold Dust. That is the perfect setup, and I think that match is going to happen. If it doesn't, I'll be disappointed because a lot could ride on that. It could really make this WrestleMania a solid undercard match. Yeah, and you know that uh, Dustin will, put, will happily put over Cody. And it could be a good match. I mean, how, like, how they, they've teased it a few times, mainly at the Rumble and fighting. But, I mean, if they're given, like, a good 10 minutes or so, or 10, 15 minutes, it, it could be a great match. It really could. Well, I, you know what? I mean, d- despite the fact that people might not be a big fan of Goldust, I, I love the Goldust character, mind you. I thought that the best Goldust ever was in that company was back in 96 uh, when he was the Intercontinental Champion. You know, and he was that uh, very androgynous character. And guys didn't want to wrestle him because they didn't know which side of the fence, you know, he was on. They, they didn't know which team he played for, and it made guys nervous. I mean, the feud he had with Razor Ramon in 96 that led to Razor leaving the company, um, just that that whole year, 96 was good, and then went into 97, and they decided they wanted to have him feud with Triple H, and they wanted to kind of turn his character into a face. And, and for me... They killed Goldust by doing that because when you've got him getting interviewed by Jim Ross and you've got uh, Terry coming out as Terry and not Marlena and they've got a daughter named Dakota and, and they made it a more real situation and they got away from that character, they really took away from the Goldust character. Now, I was also a fan of Dustin when he was in WCW. Uh, the natural Dustin Rhodes was a fantastic mid-card worker, had great feuds with, uh, with Rick Rude. Uh, had a great tag team with Barry Windham. And I'd like to see that character come back because that's the character you need to have go against Cody. I think that that's the perfect dynamic here. And, I mean, the, the, the thing with Goldust is, I mean, the, a few times they have wanted to push him into the main event. I mean, I think it was 03 when he's meant to be a big star and yet he missed one flight to a house show and was dropped from the, the, the main event. And he and he's meant to feud with Hunter over the world title, but I mean, yeah, I like, like I say, this should be a good feud if given time. What else do we have um, now? Over on YouTube, and this is kind of bizarre. Uh, as you know, Scott Hall has his his little YouTube channel, and usually he posts his post last call with, uh, last call with Scott Hall. Now this week there there was a new video, but Scott Hall wasn't on the video. It was Larry Tabisco. But before the video. There, there was a quick update, and it says, "Quick update: Scott Hall's been uh, Scott Hall's been doing very well in rehab, and they and they are um, and he will be um, evaluated uh, regarding his release. WWE has been has been has been monitoring his stay, so you, you may be seeing him on another channel. Scott Hall back to the E. Will it will it work? 
I think if Scott Hall gets the help that he needs and the help that he desperately deserves, and uh, you know what, I'd love to see Scott Hall back with the company in some capacity. I don't know that he would. I don't think at this age right now that he would be in in ring. I think that if they brought Scott Hall back, it would be mainly utilized as a maybe a color commentator. And you know, Hall wanted to do that. He he talked about that last year about wanting to go back to the WWE and, you know, maybe even bring back the Razor Ramon character and, you know, wear some cheesy Razor Ramon vests and stuff while doing the color commentary and just really kind of play with the character a little bit and, and help out. Scott Hall is a guy, if you remember the interview we had with him on Wrestling News Live last year, he's a guy that still wants to help, you know, the younger talent coming into the business because he was taught so much by the veterans back in his day, you know, guys like Dusty Rhodes. And I think that Hall still has it in him to want to give back to professional wrestling. And whether you like Scott Hall or you don't, you have to think about some of the things this guy's done. I mean, he's been very um, – he's a brilliant mind for the business. I mean, it was Scott Hall's idea for Sting to, to be the crow. Um, you know, Scott Hall instrumental in the NWO. Uh, a lot of things that Scott Hall has been instrumental in. And, and I think that having him back in this company – utilizing him for a role like that, whether he's an agent in the back, whether he's a color commentator, I, I would love to see Scott Hall back. I, first of all, I don't want to see anything bad happen to Scott. I've been worried about his health for years. And if things are going well with rehab, and I'm crossing my fingers that they are, I, I really hope that uh, that they do bring him back. And you know what they could do? They could, if like if he's clean, and they want to put on the announce table, have him come out and just kill Michael Cole. Like, just destroy him with his finisher, like the uh, the the Razor's Edge, and have him take over the announcing. That well, would make the fans love him. Oh, I'd love that if he came out, cut a promo. Hey, yo, Michael Cole. Did everybody come here to see Michael Cole, or did everybody come here to see the bad guy, Razor Ramon? One more for the bad guy, and then he power bombs him right through the fucking table. It'd be awesome. Now in the chat, they're talking about like the Hall of Fame. Now, would you put Nash and Hall to, together in the Hall of Fame as the NWO, or would you put them in separately? I, um, I, you know, I think you could put Nash and Hall together in one. Um, I think that with the body of work that they've both done, I think that would be the way to go. Um, whenever they do decide to do that, I don't think it's going to be time soon. But, you know, I'd, I'd say maybe in a couple of years, Nash and Hall deserve to go in as the outsiders. I mean, Hall alone deserves to go in for his run as Razor Ramon. So, you know, even if they don't put them in at the same time, I think that at some point, and I, I hope that everything works out with Hall because I'd hate for him to be inducted uh, after he passes away. So, you know, I, I want to see him get that induction that, that I feel he deserves. Yeah, and, and I think for, like, us old school fans, it would be cool just to see him in good health and see the, the old uh, outsiders in the Hall of Fame. I think of the Hall of Fame. As we talk on Raw, Ric Flair was inducted into the Hall of Fame as part of the Horsemen. Woo! And the funny thing is, they, uh, WWE didn't really tell anyone about Flair being inducted until the promo aired. And apparently, uh, Triple H tried to call Ric Flair to tell him. Of course, Ric Flair was at the TV tapings for TNA. That's missing the call. I mean, isn't that kind of asinine on the part of WWE to induct someone into the Hall of Fame and not even tell them? Um, well, Flair's already been inducted once. 
So he's gonna yes. be he's gonna be the first person in WWE history to be inducted twice, ladies and gentlemen, because he's already that's like you know maybe they'll do this with Shawn Michaels too. If they ever decide to induct the Rockers, then he and Marty Janelle will be inducted together, and then Shawn will be a two-time Hall of Fame inductee. I, I don't know. I don't understand how this works, but Ric Flair, member of the Four Horsemen, uh, is going to be possibly inducted a second time. You know. Like he needs another ring to fucking use on Impact, okay? Uh, I don't, I don't know that the. I'm so confused by that when I saw that. I was like, Ric Flair works for TNA. He's not with the WWE. Why is he going to be involved in this? And even if he's not going to be inducted, he's obviously going to be there. You cannot. I'm sorry. You cannot. Under any circumstance, induct the Four Horsemen. And not have Rick fucking Flair involved in this thing. You cannot have him not on camera. He has to be there. He has to be a part of this thing. I'm just a little confused. Don't be surprised if in another month Rick Flair tells TNA he's done and he walks out of the company. I just don't understand how this situation is going to work. But I'm intrigued. I want to see how it goes. Now, if you were Dick Carter and you were asked, can your talent go on TV for another company and accept the Hall of Fame? Would you say yes or no? Would you allow your, your talent to go onto another company's TV? If I'm Dixie Carter, I'm thinking to myself, that's what I thought. See, that's what Dixie Carter thinks too. Nothing. Uh, no, seriously. <laughs> if I'm Dixie Carter, <laughs> sorry, Dixie. If I'm Dixie Carter, I'm thinking to myself that by having Ric Flair go to the Hall of Fame that they'll put him up as the TNA superstar and that they'll promote TNA because that's how they think. I mean, let's not forget the whole Voodoo Kin Mafia thing. You know, that TNA came in and said, oh, yeah, we want you to want you to call out DX. Uh, we want you to do this. They talk about the WWE all the time. Of course they think that if that's the case, that Ric Flair is going to be on TV and they're going to label him a TNA superstar, which won't happen. He'll be WWE Hall of Famer Ric Flair. He won't be TNA Superstar Ric Flair. So you're still not getting a rub, Dixie. It's not going to happen. Uh, unless like some like fans like see him at the Hall of Fame and I like, Google him and I go, "Oh, Flair still wrestles in TNA." I mean, I don't think I don't think that it, it will directly help TNA. But I think it might help them in a kind of like a, a kind of a fucked up way. Fans going, "Oh, Flair's still alive and wrestling." Yeah, yeah, Ric Flair goes to an airport. Hey, Rick, when are you going to go back to wrestling? I work for TNA. What's that? <laughs> That's every time he goes to an airport anywhere in the world. Other than England where they know who Ric Flair and TNA is. And Orlando. Well, in Orlando because, well, you know, home base. But, like, yeah, like, you, you may have England and the, and, the U, and fucking TNA. I am looking forward to the TV tapings. Apart from the fact that they're bringing over Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan needs to stay away from TV. Just keep Hogan away. I mean, I know he's been off TV, off, off TV since Bound for Glory, but just keep him off TV. Which, which brings me to your next story, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Believe it or not, Hulk Hogan is shaving the stash. Jesus Christ. The handlebar cool is getting shaved. Not only that, his hair. He said he's going to shave his head, and he's shaving the mustache for a movie role. So the most notable thing about Hulk Hogan, the thing that makes him a recognizable person, his biggest claim to fame is that fucking mustache. 
This is a mistake. When he cuts it off, he's not Hulk Hogan. He's Terry Bollea. It's done. It's over. Hulkamania will have will have jobbed to the razor. Do you realize that? It took so many forces in the past. Yokozuna tried to end Hulkamania. The Warrior tried to end Hulkamania. The Heenan family tried to end Hulkamania. The Iron Sheik wanted to end Hulkamania. But ladies and gentlemen, what it comes down to is a common razor is going to end Hulkamania. Brother. Well, to answer uh, Macy's question, he, he said that a, that a few months back I was all for meeting, Fle- uh, sorry, for meeting Hogan. There's a difference between wanting to meet Hogan and, ha- and having Hogan on TV. I met Hogan already, but just, just because he's a legend doesn't mean I want to see him on TV each and every week. So there's a big difference. I mean, that's like saying that I, I wouldn't mind seeing Sting again, but I don't want to see him wrestling each week. Well, there's a fucking huge difference. And, and to go into the whole uh, Hulk Hogan thing, there's, there's apparently, I don't know if you picked up on this or not, uh, I know WrestleZone was reporting that there's some major heat between Hogan and, and Dixie Carter because she hasn't spoken to him in a while. He hasn't been around. And so the, yeah. the UK tapings, he says he's going to be there. Now, Hogan just is recovering this past week from uh, a botched dental surgery. Apparently, when he had dental surgery earlier this year, the doctor left a metal tack in his face, which has been removed this past week. So Hogan uh, is supposedly saying he's going to be at the Impact tapings in the UK. Dixie doesn't know. And to me, that sounds really bad. Yeah. When you don't know what what one of your main stars, I say in brackets, is doing, I admit from a business standpoint that is freaking retarded. But like I say, I don't think we need to see. I don't think Hulk needs need to be on TV. I mean, I know for a f- like because they're they're doing it at Wembley Arena, and that that building can hold about twelve thousand people. <clears throat> and from what I've seen, I'm I'm Tina will probably get about eight thousand people there, eight nine thousand, thus smashing their record. I don't think Hulk Hogan will do much in terms of drawing power. I really don't. I think they do fine without him being there. Ashley asks if uh, Hogan's dentist was Isaac Yankum. We on the SNS Radio Network can neither confirm nor deny that, in fact, Isaac Yankum was the dentist of one Hulk Hogan. But it has to make you think maybe it was. Let's see. What other thing was I thinking of with Hulk Hogan and TNA? It seems like there was something else this past week that was just nagging at me that I wanted to talk about. I can't remember what it was. So, but what do you think of that? Um Earlier, I was thinking to a source regarding uh, because there, there's a report about Tara possibly leaving TNA because her contract is expiring. So, and I found out this is true. Apparently, she only signs one year deals at a time. Now, would you would you like to see Tara go back to the E, or do you think Tara's time in the E is kind of expired? I think her time in the E is expired. I mean, really, I don't know that there's a, a spot for her on that roster. I mean, let's face it. They don't use women wrestlers. They use women entertainers. They use strippers and, you know, random whores in their divas division. And I don't think that she fits in that category. I mean, yeah, sure, when she debuted as Victoria before she ever donned the wrestling tights, she was one of Godfather's hosts. So, yeah, she'd fit in that department there. But I don't think that she fits in that role now. Uh, You know, I have a lot of respect for... For Tara, Victoria, uh, you know, Lisa Marie Verone. I have a lot of respect for her, and I like the accomplishments that she had 
when women's wrestling was kind of relevant in the WWF, the WWE. But those days are gone. There's no more yep. relevance in that company as it relates to a women's division. It's a fucking joke. Yeah, we're now stuck with Kelly Kelly and Alicia Fox. I mean, that's quite depressing. We've gone from the likes of Trish and Lita to Lita Fox, who's so green she hurts herself. No, we, we, we've got Squinty McSlutty and Kelly Kelly, and we've got Rihanna and Alicia Fox. You know, that's, that's it. I still think that KK looked like a fucking, a fucking deer in headlights. No, like no when she's it, not Kelly Kelly. She's Squinty McSlutty, okay? <laughs> okay. Squinty McSlutty looks like a deer in headlights. I mean, when, whenever she comes out, it, it, it looks like she, she, she's fucking blinded by the lights. Blinded by the light. Ripped up like a douche. Another runner in the night. Blinded by the light. Sorry. Couldn't resist. You set it up for me. So, do you have any other news that you want to talk about? Oh, I remember what that other TNA item was. Kurt Angle did did an interview on Busted Open and basically called TNA in 2011 subpar. And he talked about how there was too many chefs in the kitchen. And that, you know, when Vince Russo or whoever writes the stories, then they get corrected by Hulk Hogan and Bischoff. And then he backtracks and says that he agrees with Hulk Hogan 100% on everything. And I was like, wow, Kurt Angle, the top guy in the company, says that it was subpar in 2011. And was also quoted as saying, we did a lot of things right, but we also did a lot of things wrong. How do you do a lot of things right and a lot of things wrong at the same time? You either suck or you don't. It is that simple. Uh, this is true. Unless he's talking about that they did fuck all on pay-per-view and did some, some okay things on TV. Because Bound for Glory was okay until they fucked over uh, Rude. And then, of course, they had the good TV show to wear Storm on the Belt. I don't know. I, I think that Kangle's just trying to kiss as much ass as he can in TNA because they're paying him a big paycheck, <laughs> I guess. You don't kiss people's ass when you say the company was subpar. I mean, that's that's not a great statement to make. Yeah, but I mean, if Kangle goes, comes out and goes, yeah, TNA had a fantastic year, people would call bullshit because they didn't. I mean, some, sometimes it's better to be honest. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean... I mean, like, like, say for example, if this year um, SNS only had like two interviews, would you say that 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 that, that that's a great year? No, it'd be no, no. Go, hold go, on, hold on. I, actually, I would say that if SNS had two interviews, and they were really good interviews, and well, hell, let's go ahead and pull two interviews from this last year. Um, two off the top of my head: Kevin Nash, which is up for Media Interview of the Year over at the WrestlingRadioAwards.com. Go vote for it. Or, hey, here's another one. Shawn Michaels, which is also up for Male Interview of the Year over at the Wrestling Radio Awards, which you can find over at www.wrestlingradioawards.com. Which you need to vote, by, vote for by, by Monday because that's the uh, cutoff day. Yeah, and some guy named J.J. Sexay would really like to be the host of the year. I, I don't know. The guy's kind of a douchebag in my opinion, but what the hell? He works hard. Again, you yeah. can vote for him over at WrestlingRadioAwards.com. Yeah, I I agree with Brother that they've kind of buried the uh, the 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 WARs awards now because there's two pages beforehand to do with porn. Yeah, I noticed that we've got like the 
movie and music, which I don't really think needs to be there. And then we've got the Porn Awards, which don't really need to be there. It's a separate show entirely. But, uh, you know, I mean, you have to get to that third page to vote for the wrestling radio content. And uh, well, you, you can actually just skip to the third page. I mean, I'll post the, uh, the URL in the chat room and on the Facebook page. But if you just uh, jump straight to that, it skips the first two pages and goes straight towards the uh, wrestling awards. But I found out why they're doing it, apparently. Apparently, by having the porno and the movie um, awards, it will give more pub- uh, publicity to the, to the wrestling awards. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, that's that's all my news news this week. Yeah, I don't really have anything else either. I think that was pretty much everything. Yeah, pretty much was. All right, well, there you have it. News of the Week, sponsored, of course, over by Headlocks2Headlines.com. And, of course, Crelly, the official owner-operator of Headlocks2Headlines.com. So thank you, sir, for bringing us the latest News of the Week. Appreciate it. You're welcome. And with that said, guys, we're going to take our commercial break, come back, and I believe the sensational Sean is going to join the program. I think Crelly might stick around for a little while. Yes, I will. Sorry, I kind of, I kind of uh, mute my headset because I thought we were going to break. Oh, that's all right. No, that's <laughs> fine. I, just sometimes you stick around, sometimes you don't. I was going to, you know, leave it in your, I was going to leave the ball in your court, man. Yeah, well, for once I'm not, for once I'm not tired, I, I had a power nap, so I'm good. Got a power nap. Oh, power in this show. I don't know. I, you know what? I had the opportunity. Before I go to break, I, you know, I, I got to rant on this for a second. I listened yesterday to Unplug. I'm sorry. I listened to the Pro Wrestling Rewind from last week that was supposed to be unplugged. I'm going to wring Andy Knoll's neck. Who the fuck cuts off my intro to interrupt it and say, that's not even the right intro? What the fuck, Andy? You're killing me. <laughs> And and then he was he was going into the whole pro wrestling. I mean, really, this was not an episode of Unplugged. It was absolutely the pro wrestling rewind. I was shocked. You didn't show up, and, and then Sean tried to do the video game segment, but Andy hijacked it. That's not Unplugged, damn it! That's the rewind. Yeah, I think last week I was wasted. To be honest, that's why I didn't show up. You didn't miss much, man. You didn't miss much. Okay, cool. So with that being said, we're going to take our uh, our commercial break. Come back with more Unplugged with JJ Sexay. That's me. Vote now at the Wrestling Radio Awards. <laughs> but we'll be right back right after this, guys. Stay tuned. Firebreaker! Original KID started in 91 in the state of NC. In the place to be, your boy paid his dues. When Hell's a Visa spot, all the marks are through. Vertebraker, we'll break your spine. Vertebraker, does the trick every time. Vertebraker, we'll slap your face. Vertebraker. Uh, you knew me as Sugar Shane, you may have known me as the Hurricane, but this is the Shane event, Shane Helms, and you're listening to Unplugged on the SNS Network.
Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps sexy of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling and, of course, some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, www.headlocks2headlines.com. Bud Light presents Real American Heroes. Real American Heroes. Today, we salute you, Mr. Pro Wrestling Wardrobe Designer. Mr. Pro Wrestling Wardrobe Designer. While lesser designers would shy away from putting 300-pound men in spandex, you embrace it. Yes, you do. Pushing fashion to its limits, literally, you pair tights with a cape, a leotard with a mask, leather boots with a thong. All understated ways of saying, I'm going to rip your head off and look fabulous doing it. So crack open a nice cold Bud Light, Mr. Pro Wrestling Wardrobe Guy. Because without you, a man crushing another man's head in his arms would just look silly. Mr. Pro Wrestling Wardrobe Design. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. You know, in the world of pro wrestling radio, there's always someone out there who will always try to get under your skin. I want to really drive Andy to the point where he wants to choke me out. Because I'm going to drive him right off the edge of the cliff. They'll always try, but in the end, it always comes down to the truth. That moment when uh, Silent Rage blows the gasket, this match is over. You know, I'm really just a nice guy at heart. But... Don't piss me off, okay? I mean, come on. The truth is going to hurt someone. Catch your weekly search for the truth right here on the Pro Wrestling Rewind every Wednesday night, 9 o'clock Eastern, exclusively on the SNS Radio Network. Standing ovation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled to take you back in time. Host... Ring announcer Sean Beckerman brings you pro wrestling nostalgia featuring classic moments and old school themes. So buckle up and go beyond the bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. It's go time. He is coming. It shall come to pass. 30 ways to salvation. Return home. It is written. 29 reasons. Rise again. Rise again. One man. The legend continues. Rise from the ashes. again. Prize again.
for a living. A kid who grew up watching WWE, loving WWE, one day hoping to live and realize his dream. from the chat room after playing that uh, that spot with Edge going into the Hall of Fame being the first inductee in the WWE Hall of Fame 
for this year, for 2012. I echo the sentiments of Hartmark and, and others who have said that it's too soon. I really feel like right now is not the time to induct Edge. I mean, yes, do we miss Edge because he's not there? Absolutely. But I think the fans could miss him a little longer. I'd rather see him inducted in Canada because, you know, he is a Canadian superstar. For those of you thinking that I'm Canadian, I'm not. I'm actually American. But I think it would be more prevalent for a guy like edge to be inducted you know in toronto uh in his hometown i, I think that that really i think that would be the way to go and, and for me if you were going to do that i think that both trish stratus and edge would be kind of co-headlining that hall of fame in toronto ontario canada i, I really think that would be the decision that should have been made but we all know that's not how it works. I mean, obviously, we're fresh off the heels of Edge having to retire uh, due to a serious injury. And this is the way they want to go. Now, a lot of people leading up to this week when they found out the Hall of Fame tickets were going on sale and that we were going to find out uh, some of the inductees in the Hall of Fame, a lot of people were looking forward to the announcement. A lot of people thought that perhaps we were going to get uh, the Macho Man inducted into the Hall of Fame, which which is greatly deserved and long overdue. I'm one of those people that thought, you know, I'd love to see him inducted. There are things against him being inducted, though, and they kind of go as follows. Uh, one of them being that when Lanny Poffo joined us for Wrestling News Live, he said that he and and Randy and Angelo Poffo, their father, had all agreed that just like the Von Erics, they wanted to go in as the Poffo family. Now, I think that in reality, when they do decide to induct Randy Savage and the rest of the Poffo family, I mean, Angelo Poffo was a successful wrestler. Uh, I believe he held the record. I don't have that record in front of me, but he actually held the record for most sit-ups. Um, so, I mean, he did a lot of things in his career. I mean, Lanny, despite, you know, he might have had a less than stellar career uh, in professional wrestling. The genius was a memorable character. I think that the three of them do deserve their place in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Randy Savage, especially. Uh, that guy, when I think of all-time greats, it's hard not to see Macho Man Randy Savage not in the top five. Uh, to further that, not only do I feel that the Poffos should be inducted in a one-shot, but uh, Miss Elizabeth should also be inducted that same year. So when they do decide to induct the Macho Man, Lanny Poffo, Angelo Poffo, and Miss Elizabeth, that's the Hall of Fame that's going to mean something for me personally because growing up a child of the 80s uh, and watching randy savage's rise you know watching mr perfect and the genius wrestle hulk hogan you know and, and the love story between randy savage and miss elizabeth that to me is how i'd want to picture the hall of fame that would be the perfect hall of fame for me uh having all four of these individuals inducted in the same hall of fame ceremony but that's that's just me but that's my two cents on it i think it's a bit soon for edge uh, I'm questioning the timing of the horseman. I've wanted Arn Anderson in the Hall of Fame for a while, but with this whole Ric Flair thing, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out how this is going to work out. We'll see. Time will tell.
But being in Florida, I thought the, the Poffo family should have gotten the nod here, but it's not the way. And Lanny Poffo says they haven't even, they haven't even contacted him in regards to uh, doing any kind of Hall of Fame stuff. So for those of you that thought maybe Randy Savage would be one of the names on the list this year, not going to happen, and I'm going to tell you why. And if it does, it's a travesty because the macho man Randy Savage is a headline guy. He's a main event. I wouldn't want to see him inducted uh, as subpar of being, you know, in this induction with Edge. He deserves that top spot. Regardless of any ill history that he had with anybody in that company, diddle diddle, regardless, doesn't matter. Randy Savage is a main event guy. He is the main event of a Hall of Fame. It's got to be the way it's going to go. It's not going to happen this year. Don't know when it's going to happen, but someday he will be there. Just be patient. Well, that said, let's go to the Skype line. And joining me right now, he's the host of the gaming segment, ladies and gentlemen. He is the sensational sequel, Sean. What's going on? What's up, man? I'm surprised you saw that reaction. I was more concerned with the reaction to the promo before that. This cryptic promo that you keep that you played that I think Andy cut off last week. What is the deal with this promo? Well, if I told you, then you'd know. Well, is there any word on when this promo is supposed to end, or Sean? Did you listen to the promo? I I heard will rise. I, that's the only thing I remember from the entire promo. I'm sorry. Well, I'm not going to tell you what it is. I don't even fully know what it is. The, the last time I remember a cryptic promo being played on any show, I was part of the people behind it, and. This one, I'm not behind, so I'm really curious myself. Hey, if Jericho can have cryptic promos, why the fuck can't we? <laughs> like, just look, look, just sit back, people, and enjoy yourselves and see what happens. <laughs> I, I don't want to build this up and get everybody all hyped up and then have somebody debut and not talk for three weeks, okay? Just let, we'll see what happens. Just go with it, man. Okay. Well... I'm doing pretty good. I'm ready for Monday. Monday is going to be an awesome day, and I'm just ready for Monday because Monday I get to go see. I'm actually volunteering for a uh, show that's happening on base. It's Jeff Dunham. Uh, yes. Okay. Um, he's he's actually doing two shows at the base theater here in uh, Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, and I get to actually work both shows. Uh, I work tickets. I work. It's free shows too. That's the coolest part about it. He's they're doing free shows for the military members and DOD card holders. Oh, so one second, Sean. I, I don't mean to interrupt you. Hold that in your thoughts. I have some breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. Breaking news. Uh, no fucking shit. Breaking news. Harmony just sent this over the wire. I mentioned this earlier in regards to. Uh, the former D.H. Smith, Harry Smith, the son of the late, great British Bulldog. I told you all that he has four different championship belts. I am incorrect. As of tonight, Harry Smith became the first ever Resistance Pro heavyweight champion tonight in Chicago, Illinois, which now brings the tally to five different championship belts. Harry Smith is a monster on the Indies. Five championships, ladies and gentlemen. Five. In the WWE, he couldn't even win one. He's five-time a champion right now. 
Congrats, Harry. Congrats, my brother. Definitely congrats. He apparently defeated uh, Sheik and Kevin Steen in a three-way, which is uh, pretty good. Kevin Steen is a beast. So, I mean, but, but before too long, that. he's going to be the Ultimo Dragon. He's going to have <laughs> nine championship belts. Oh, man, I remember that picture, too. That was a, that was a sick picture. Harry Smith tearing it up on the indie scene. You are absolutely correct, Bronx. This is what happens when someone leaves the WWE with talent and then finds their way elsewhere where they can showcase said talent. Definitely. So, it's going to be pretty cool to see what comes of him in the next few years. I mean, if WWE isn't taking notice, then they're not looking in the right direction. True that. Now, back to your story. Sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> it's My okay. Bad. I mean, that, that is a bigger story than what I was talking about. Um, but, I mean, I get to meet one of my favorite comedians ever, and it's going to be a great day. I just, I just can't wait. Other than that, I've seen you've been playing some Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 3. I, what do you have to say? You know what? I actually beat the game in, in like a day and a half. But you've been playing single player. I haven't seen you on any multiplayer yet. I did some multiplayer with Horseman and Trey the other night, and I'm not okay. a big fan of it. I'm not very good at it. I've never been a very good, very good at like multiplayer when it comes to like the Call of Duty games. Now you get me on Red Dead Redemption, I'll fuck your shit up. Put me on Call of Duty where I'm fucking respawn and getting shot the minute I respawn, and I got snipers from fucking three maps over fucking hitting me. I mean, yeah, I got problems. But uh, you know, I went through and played the single player story mode. Loved it. Uh, and God, the fucking story mode has some great voice actors, some great actors in general. Uh, William Fitchner who was in Prison Break. He's been in, he was in Longest Yard. He played Captain Cronauer. Um, he's actually the voice of uh, Sandman, who's one of the characters in the game. And uh, when you're playing as Frost, Sandman is kind of like your, uh, your, your, your commanding officer, the guy that you're working with. And I was just blown away by that game. I loved the, the level where you basically bomb the submarine and then you're, you're going through uh, the city fucking fantastic then there was another level that i really enjoyed and i can't remember i think it was the streets of paris where you've got all these platoons that you're trying to avoid and it's you and uh soap mctavish from uh modern warfare 2 he actually he actually does survive modern warfare 2 and it's you and, and him and you're uh you're in this building and you've got to like crawl and you've got to avoid uh, the enemy soldiers, and it's fucking fantastic. I, I loved it. I had such a blast playing this game. I might actually go through and beat it on the hardest difficulty now. Because I beat it on, like, normal. So I'm going to go through and probably play it again. But as far as game storylines go, fantastic. Loved it. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll have to get you on some spec ops so you can do uh, some co-op on that. Because uh, that's definitely fun with somebody else playing with you. Yeah, it's not fun to play with yourself. <laughs> Just ask Pine Bronx. <laughs> Oh, my. Already going there. Uh. I'm trying to find a story that I posted earlier, which actually goes along with Call of Duty, because Activision has already picked up um, a IP address, and I can't seem to find it. I posted it in the Facebook. Uh, basically, Activision has already p picked up the IP address for Black Ops 2 which is going to be done by Treyarch, of course. So 
I mean, if this is the true name for it, Black Ops is actually getting a sequel, then that's actually pretty cool because Black Ops was a really good game, great story along with uh, some very good multiplayer. So, I mean, Black Ops to some of the bigger news right now, so it's definitely going to be... Uh, breaking news, Sean, breaking news. According to Don Bronx, his left hand looks like King Kong Bundy's back. Hold on a second. I don't think King Kong Bundy has a hairy back, does he? I mean, I remember Albert having a hairy back. That would explain the blindness, though. Oh, my word. That does explain a lot. Thanks for clarifying that, Bronx. We appreciate it. <laughs> okay. Jump into a few stories right quick. Uh, the first story is uh, numbers have been released, and sales across the video game industry have been tallied there's a few different differentials here but so far the numbers are coming up to between 16.3 and 16.6 billion dollars uh ubisoft tops the software sales list activision's uh call of duty one over three took top honors along with uh, just dance 3 and skyrim getting the the top honors for best-selling games of 2011 um Physical copies were down a little bit this year from 9.3 billion. Uh, it's an 8% decline over the, over 10.1 billion from 20, 2010. So money's still rolling in for the video game industry, and it's definitely looking good. But for the for the companies that are selling the uh, the video games, you've definitely seen a little bit of a decline, which definitely sucks. But it definitely definitely shows that people are playing video games. I'm Which playing video games right now. Relevant. Yeah, I'm playing video games right now. Can't you hear it in the background? Yes, I think I can. This this is this is our new uh, this is our new video game segment music, by the way. What is it? Uh, it's a medley of different ones like Zelda and Mario and Duck Hunt. Just yeah, it, it goes for a while, but it, it's it's fun to listen to. Okay. Last time I was Street Fighter, now I changed this. Okay, that's fine. At least you're not hijacking the segment. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I want to talk about WWE Superstars, the video game. <laughs> um, if you are if you have Steam, you definitely want to check out this deal. Dead Space One and Dead Space Two are both five dollars on Steam this week. You can pick both up for ten bucks total. Um, Dead Space One and Two are great games. Uh, definitely got the creepy feel down to it, and I believe that's where I earned my sequel nickname off uh, after Charles kind of destroyed me after I was saying Dead Space 2 is a sequel to Dead Space 1. Yeah. Uh, five bucks for two amazing games. Go pick up both of them. Ten bucks total. Definitely worth the playthrough if you haven't played them. Dead Space 2 actually has some multiplayer if you get a chance to play. It's it's a lot of fun. Diablo 3 actually was rated in South Korea this week, which is actually the first step into it getting rated in other countries and and actually being noticed that the game is coming out very soon. Uh, Diablo 3 in South Korea was actually held up due to the fact that the auction house is a, is going to actually use real money this time around and was trying and they were trying to feel that if it was if it was gambling or not. So they passed it. They passed it only with blood and violence, but not gambling, suggesting that the uh, their game, the Korean game board basically decided that it was not does not constitute game, gambling for the auction house. So Korea has South Korea has just rated Diablo 3, so we can only wonder when Diablo 3 will be rated in North America, South America, Australia and and so on. 
Uh, I'm kind of curious to see what Australia will give it, if, if they will even rate the game, since they are still not, uh, have a 18 or older uh, game rating. So it's kind of curious to see what will happen there. Uh, Ashley in the chat is asking me about um, the uh, De Dead Space 3. I've heard nothing on it recently, um, but I will definitely try to pop out a message on Facebook if anything comes up about it. Like I said, nothing has come out about that. Amazon has released their top-selling physical and downloadable games of 2011. I'm going to go through this list kind of quick, so keep up. There are no, no singular platforms. Everything is equal together. First, physical. Number one, Call of Duty Mama for three. Just Dance 3, Elder Scrolls 5, Skyrim, Battlefield 3, Batman Arkham City, Madden NFL 12, Portal 2, Just Dance 2, Gears of War 3, and FIFA Soccer 12 were the top 10 selling physical copies that were sold by Amazon.com. The digital copies come down to this, Deus Ex 2, Human Revolution, Battlefield 3, The Sims 3, Battlefield Bad Company 2, Sid Meier's Civilization 5, Dead Island, Total War Shogun 2, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, Crisis 2, and Dragon Age 2. A lot of 3s and 2s on this list. Uh, I'm glad to see Deus Ex Human Revolution got its notice with the digital digital release because, I mean, Deus Ex is a great game. Uh, kind of crazy to see Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 so far down the list for digital, but it's definitely kind of curious to see uh, what were the reasons behind that. Uh... To add to a story I was talking about last week, SOPA. Uh, can't go nowhere without not seeing this entire thing. And a few companies have actually joined in protest against SOPA. Uh, the first being the most prominent, Bungie. If you don't know who Bungie is, Bungie is the creator of Marathon, but more so also the creator of Halo. Bungie has said that they are opposing SOPA, and one of the reasons is it mostly because it sucks. They've, they've joined this list. GOG.com, also known as GoodOldGames.com, is against SOPA. SOPA works in a fashion similar to DRM. If you ask us, it will only have an effect on people who are, by and large, honest customers. That's, one of their, that's their reason. And Firefall is shutting down their beta in protests over SOPA for one day. That's pretty crazy. They're shutting down a beta just because of the entire SOPA. And Minecraft sites all across the web are actually going to be joining in. Minecraft.net and Mojang.com will be joining in the protest. They'll be turning off their websites for one day, January 18th. And they'll be joining in on with Reddit and many other websites. I believe Facebook was one of these that were thinking about going into this one-day uh, blacklist. So pretty huge news that some of these companies are actually going so far as to do a blackout on their games, their websites, and many other things just to say, we oppose SOPA. I mean, if SOPA passes, it could be a bad thing for a lot of people. So jumping into first thing, tech-wise, CES was this week. If you don't know what CES is, CES is the Consumer Electronics Show. It's one of the biggest shows where you can see all of the new coolest technology that's coming out. Not game-wise, not, not just game-wise, not even not just movie-wise, but everywhere. I mean, we saw electronic st uh, induction stoves, which looked amazing because you can move the pots around the stove. 
and you could put your hand down and it would not burn your hand, but it would keep the heat on the pots and pans that you had on the stove. That's pretty cool technology. I mean, they've got a lot of green stuff coming out where you can shut stuff off by uh, by just the, just the Wi-Fi and web. So, I mean, it's pretty interesting stuff they got coming out. One of the rumors that came out this week, and it's been apparently confirmed by a couple sources that spoke to Bloomberg, but the iPad 3 will be arriving in March with 4G LTE and a quad-core CPU. If you just bought an iPad 2, I kind of feel bad for you because you knew this was coming around at some point. iPad 3 coming out as early as March. Um, it's not full. It's not fully confirmed by Apple themselves, but it's been confirmed by a lot of sources that spoke to Bloomberg, who is a uh, who is a marketing company, if I remember correctly. Uh, it's been a long time since I've had to, Bloomberg does a lot of stocks and stuff. That's what it is. Sorry for that misstep. Um, but the companies will actually be going into um, large, large shipping and large uh, production runs in February just to make sure that the March release is given out correctly. And there's some new pictures released for the new 21 Jump Street movie coming out. If you don't know anything about this, go watch the show. It was back in the 80s, and the stars of this show or the stars of this movie will be Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum. Yes, no Johnny Depp this time, no Richard Grieco, uh, no Holly Robinson. None of those characters from the original 21 Jump Street are on this particular movie. Kind of gives you the feeling like they're going to kind of screw it up. You know, well, first of all, your biggest mistake was you've got Channing Tatum in the fucking film. This guy is the worst fucking actor I have ever seen in my life, okay? And I've seen some pretty bad ones. I do not like him in anything I've seen him in. He was in that movie with Terrence Howard where he was a street fighter. He was in G.I. Joe as Duke. As Duke. I would have rather had John Cena as Duke than Channon Tating. Are you fucking kidding me? Wasn't he in the dance films? I think he was. I actually I actually took my daughter, my oldest daughter, to see... Uh, what was that fucking movie? The one with Amanda Bynes, and he was in it. Uh, She's the Man or something like that. It was a that was so one of my favorite movies. There. Yeah, he actually was okay in that movie. But I think it yeah. was because other people around him were, like, better actors. You Amanda know? Bynes. I mean, come on. Which actually was, but, it was a decent movie, though. It was kind of funny. It, it's one of my favorite movies. I mean, she, they got some really good lines in it, and it's a great movie. I mean, I'd, I'd rather uh, watch that and a lot of the stuff they're putting out right now. Ashley is my name in the chat. Just said a story that I read this earlier in this week. I hadn't had a chance to actually read any more into it, but the UK equivalent to GameStop basically screwed up a little bit this week and talked a little bit, confirmed a new game that wasn't even supposed to be talked about yet. Need for Speed has a new game coming out this year, and no one really knew much about it other until Game said something about it. Uh, the Medal of Honor sequel has already been announced by um, by the Battlefield 3 Slipwits, but Need for Speed kind of... The cat got out of the bag a little bit. So, it's one of those things where some companies accidentally release information a little bit too soon. So, uh, I don't know if you've heard about this. There's a Psycho, Psycho prequel that will be, uh, be released on A&E. It's developing a TV series prequel to Psycho, and it will basically 
Well, let me give you the, the total write-down of what they got. Bates Motel would focus on giving viewers an intimate understanding of how Norman Bates' psyche developed from his childhood through his teen years. That's the press release. Uh, fans will have access to the dark, twisted backstory and learn firsthand how his mother, Norma, and her lover damaged Norman, helping forge the most well-known serial killer motel owner in history. That is basically the synopsis. Thank you, Shifty, in the chat. That's the synopsis that was released for Bates Motel. Well, now, I I don't know if you've got this on your on your collection of things to talk about, but I actually heard something today that um, I found a little interesting. I mean, going into the Avengers, you know, I finally got a chance over the last week or so that I was sick to watch Captain America. I rented it off Zoom, off my marketplace on Xbox. And uh, okay. you know what? I thought it was a decent movie. I mean, it was probably one of the, the better Marvel superhero movies. I like the the campy way that they, they did the Captain America character, uh, you know, after the events of what what happened basically you know after get, being giving the uh, the super serums uh, you know the, the super soldier serum excuse me and then kind of being this uh this uso character you know to boost morale for the troops I, I liked how they did that i thought that hugo weaving was fantastic as the red skull but you know it's hugo weaving i mean he's one of the best actors on the fucking planet i mean he can do everything yeah. the guy the guy's been in the fucking matrix you know He's been the voice of Megatron in Transformers. He's been the Red Skull. I mean, this guy has been fucking everywhere. Lord of the Rings. Um, you name it, he's done it. I heard that the second villain, and this makes complete sense, could quite possibly be in the Avengers. We know Loki is involved. But uh, if you've seen Captain America, and I won't spoil it for anybody, if you know what happened to the Red Skull... I am hearing that the Red Skull is going to be involved with the Avengers. So it's probably going to be Loki and the Red Skull. Because the Red Skull does not die in Captain America. And they leave you with questions. And I think the Avengers will have the answer. It, it It's definitely one of those things. I mean, I've kind of... I'm still hoping they'll pull up the Ultimate Avengers uh, back catalog. And go through the major, the first major storyline of the Ultimate Avengers, which was um, Captain America, Iron Man, the entire Avengers crew was being used for American uses. They were basically being sent to Iraq, Afghanistan, places that were threats to America, and sending them out and basically attacking them. And Captain America and all of them come back and say, you know, we're tired of being your tools. We want to be used for everyone. And then Nick Fury walks in and says, okay, well, let's have a talk. And then all of a sudden, the world is basically invaded by different, by an alien species, and no one knows, but it and turns out to be cloaked aliens within the world who are acting as humans, and some were even acting as superheroes. Uh, about the scroll invasion? Yes, that's what it is. It, it kept slipping my mind. I was like, what the hell is this stuff? Jesus, Sean, yeah, I, I know more about this shit than you do, and I don't even read comic books anymore. You're killing me. It, it's been a long time since I read it. I mean, I I got a lot going on right now. But Scroll Invasion, I mean, it was the first one in the Ultimate Avengers. It was really good. I really hope they decide to go with that if they get, make an Avengers 2, which I believe they already have talked about making. 
And, I, definitely... and, and speaking of that, speaking of that, listening to the Pro Wrestling Rewind edition of Unplugged last week, you didn't know that the uh, Knights of the Old Republic was just on Xbox and PC only? The hell kind of gamer are you? That's one no, of the I reasons I got... No, you did. Go back and listen. You said you thought it was on the Xbox, PC, and you thought PlayStation 2. I said I thought it might have been released for the PS2. I wasn't entirely sure. You should and know these things. Research. You need to know these things. You Love are the you gaming strong. guru. I was embarrassed for you. I was like, oh, come on, Sean. You're killing me. I was kind of I was kind of in the moment where I was like, oh, I don't remember. I can't remember off the top of my head. So, yes, I do take full blame. I will say that I screwed up last week. Just like I've screwed up in the past, I'm human. What can I say? I bleed red. I was going to whip you with a fucking noodle, but, you know, you're in North Kakalaki, and I don't go to North Kakalaki. I don't even want to be in North Kakalaki, but what can I say? Uh, no doubt. Um, one more piece of news. Uh, Resident Evil 5 trailer will be released. When will it be released? Well, Mila, Mila whatever the hell her last name is. Oh, oh, hold on, uh, hold on, hold on. I'm going to defend Sean here. I don't think that he forgot Kratos' name. He forgot Ares, the god of war. Am I right, Sean? Because you were you were talking about God of War and you were trying to go into the synopsis of the story, and I don't think it was Kratos' name. I think you were actually talking about Ares and you couldn't remember the name. I've, for some reason, I get confused when it comes to names. I will say it. I can point out who a person is, and I can basically let you know everything about that person. But when it comes to a name, I screw up. I I'm have sorry. I have never, ever, ever, ever. Ever, one more time, ever, fuck it, ever played any game in the God of War series, ever. And I know who Ares, the God of War, is, mainly because I know mythology really well. Great God. And, well, he was the God of War, correct. But also because I used to watch Xeno. <laughs> it's a guilty pleasure. <laughs> but regardless, I know who the fuck Ares is. He's the son of Zeus, man. What the fuck? He's the he God is. of War. He's basically the, uh, he was, he's Mars, more so, more so to speak, in, uh, planology, he is Mars. So. No, it's it, not email time. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> um, Mila, whatever her name is, jo Jovovich, Mila Jovovich, I think is how you say him. Yes. Um, released a tweet this week that on the 20th, uh, excuse me, on the 18th of January, the Resident Evil 5 trailer for the game, I mean the movie, the movie, for the movie will be released online, and then it will also be released in the new Underworld movie on January 20th in 3D. So, if you want to check it out, it'll be online on the 18th of January, then on the 20th in the new Underworld film. Speaking of the Underworld film, do I, I get the impression Scott Speedman's not in this movie. Where's Michael? You, you can't have Underworld without Michael. If you have Kate Beckinsale, you've got to have Michael. I don't think I've seen Underworld since part two. Ah, oh, that's what I'm talking about, dude. I'm not talking about three because that had nothing to do with, with one or two. It was actually the prequel. That was the one that dealt with Lucian and uh, uh, what's-his-face's daughter. Simon, or uh, not Simon, Victor's daughter. Sure. It's been oh, my God. Time. Oh, my God, man. You are awful at this. I, you are dude, fucking you know, killing you know, this segment. I've seen part two. It's it, been when did it come out? 
2004? Yeah, that was the last time I saw it, whenever it came out in the movies. Whenever I rented it on video, whenever I bought the fucking DVD and watched it once. I just have I a... keep I, up all this other stuff, and you expect me to keep up this too? See, the problem is, Sean, I'm a genius. I have a photographic memory. I can remember everything. That's how I know everything about everything about everything about everything about everything about wrestling. I've forgotten more about wrestling than you'll ever know. It's true. That's no ego. That's 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 some serious shit. I ain't, I ain't going against it. Don't worry. Like, when I die, they should take my mind and fucking hook up their computer monitors because I got so much useless fucking knowledge up here. It's crazy. So, wait, you're the Sheldon of the SNS Network? Pretty much, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brain-wise, not nerd-wise, but yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> uh, I don't know if you got the chance to see it, but uh, I would hope that you got the chance to see it, even though Harmony is probably standing behind you when you watched it. The Star Wars XXX parody uh, trailer has been released. Is that a joke? Because it, it looked really bad. It looked interesting at the most. I, I wouldn't even say it looked interesting. I would I would say it was a poor attempt at humor. It would be like Don Bronx doing stand-up comedy. <laughs> and we all know that's not good. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he can find the mic, can he? <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> wow. That's a little too far, Sean. Don't get I personal. Don't, care. don't get personal. Bronx will whoop your ass. Oh, he's got to find me first. I step one way and I'm I'm gone. Anyway, back to your point at hand. So you did see it, JJ? I see what? <laughs> you saw the trailer for the parody film? Yes, I saw it. Okay. It was pretty pretty fuck, fucking craptastic, let me tell you. The only other thing I have... Um, actually, uh, here it is. The new director for the next Fantastic Four reboot has been named... Uh, Josh Trank is the director that's been set to set to take over the film. Excuse me. Um, if you don't know who Josh Trank is, he's a re- relevant newcomer. He's actually di- doing the film Chronicle. Chronicle is about the group of teens who develop superpowers somehow, and one team takes it too far by pushing a car off a road that while they're fo- while they're being followed by the car, accidentally kills the guy, basically turning him almost evil. Um, the movie looks very interesting. Chronicle definitely seems like a an interesting film, to say the least. But uh, I'll definitely give Josh Trank the the welcome to see if he wants to try his luck. But Green Lantern's Michael Green will pin the script. But unfortunately, Akiva Goldsman is no longer involved as a producer. Sorry. From everything you've just told me, I have no desire to see this movie. It just doesn't sound interesting at all. Chronicle does. I, I don't know if you've seen this trailer. Chronicle actually looks interesting. The one of the clips they actually show is a uh, is a kid pushing a red convertible car with his mind, and then the person who owns the car comes out later on trying to find her car, and they're they're then shown on the road driving to another place. When they show the clip of the kid pushing another the car that's following them into the river, killing him. All right. Like, like I said, it's a, it looks like an interesting movie. I'm kind of curious to see what it has, but it reminds me a little bit of Jumper. It reminds me some of um, another film I saw a few a few months ago. 
that's kind of escaping my mind at the moment. I'll think of it before the show ends. I'll, I'll, have, that, I'll have to see it because your your interpretation of it didn't sound interesting, but the trailer might actually be okay. I'll check it out. It looks interesting. Okay, I'll check it out. But other than that, that's all the news I've got. But there is a question I did ask in Facebook today, and I kind of want to ask you guys on uh, on the show tonight. And, by the way, I just figured out what the name of the movie was. The movie is I Am Number 4. It Chronicle reminds me of I Am Number 4. I Am Number 4 was a good movie. I uh, It was. I actually like Alex Pettifer as an actor, and it's got Timothy Oliphant, who's also one of my favorite actors, so... I saw it just based on those uh, those two things and, and really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, I liked the storyline behind it. I liked the fact that, you know, you know, call me crazy, but I, I like I like these movies where, you know, these kids are aliens or they have superpowers. I'm just I'm into that kind of shit. You know, it goes back to my comic book days when I used to collect the X-Men. Timothy Alphonse is becoming one of my one of my favorite actors after the girl next door. I mean, he played a great uh, bad guy in that film. And then Hitman. Not only people liked it, but I loved Hitman because I, you know what, I liked that movie. But here, the problem is, I didn't like him necessarily as the Hitman. When I think of you know, and I'm a huge Hitman fan. I mean, I've played all the games, and I'm looking forward to the to the new one. But I don't. He's a great actor, and I mean, he's done some great work in Deadwood. I like his show Justified. Um, he was great in The Girl Next Door, as you mentioned. Uh, He's been in so many things. You know, he was he was the villain in Live Free or Die Hard. Uh, I mean, he's yeah. he's pretty much been in everything, and he's he's a very good actor. But I don't know, man. As Hitman, I just I pictured somebody else. I mean, I almost would have rather seen Vin Diesel as the Hitman than than Timothy Oliphant. I mean, it was it was a decent movie. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't think he was the right character to pull that one off. You know, especially playing the games and hearing the voice acting in that game he's just he's not that character and as good an actor as he is he just doesn't pull that character off very well i i completely forgot he was in this movie but Dreamcatcher, one of my favorite stephen king movies or stephen king movie yeah stephen king movies that was created uh Dreamcatcher was one of my is a favorite of mine a great book the movie definitely is creepy as creepy as hell but he was in that, and he did a great job in that movie also. I also but, agree that Jason Statham would have been a, a good hitman. I love Jason Statham. I mean, but he's he's the same character in every movie. You know, he, he kills people. He drives cars fast. I mean, that's what he does. He does heist movies. He drives the car. Uh, you know, that's that's his gimmick, man. That's everything. That's That's his whole entire career right there. You know, he's the wheel man. In every fucking movie he's ever been in, he's the wheel man, you know? Uh, you know, and I'm a big fan of the Transporter series, but, you know, love Statham to death, but I just, I feel like he's so played out in that, in that role. Would love to see him in something else, you know? Yeah, I would. Uh, apparently there's some information out on Hitman 2. Not much is just saying that there's a possibility that the, the film is being in development right now. So, I guess when we get some more information on that... We'll find out, but the question I had, I definitely wanted to see what your what your thoughts or what your top five were, and go same for you, Crowley, and anybody who calls in tonight. If you want to answer this question, you can. Hold on, hold on. Now, let's. You're putting me on the spot when you do that, right? 
Like I usually do. But but no, I mean I don't have all night to fucking take calls and have people tell me their no. five biggest moments and you know oh my god moments. Like no, if you want to do that, I, let's 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 run the channels and then let's maybe decide to do something like that next week. That way we have a format in front of us and we can actually think about. I mean, because off the top of my head, I could probably come up with five. But if you really want a good list, give me a week. And I okay. think that the same for other people too. You should, you know, put the topic on Facebook, let people think about it, and then next week let's let's cover that. Let's not, you know, do it right off the top of the bat and be like, yeah, let's let's talk about these. Let's wait and do this next week. All right. Next week, top five OMG moments. Get them on Facebook. Call them in next week. We'll see what you got. We'll see what JJ's got. We'll see what I've got. Because, I mean, I, mean I, I, I like the idea of doing it. I just don't want to shortcut it because we are running out yeah. of time. I'm fixing to open the phone lines, take some calls, and then we're getting the fuck out of here. But I don't want to I don't want to short, you know, short it. I want it to actually be a meaningful segment that we can do next week on the show. For those of you that are wondering what's happening with the Royal Rumble picks, the, the number pick that we're going to do on WNL is just that. We're going to do it on WNL this week. We'll give out some Royal Rumble numbers. If you don't know what I'm talking about, we did a – Royal Rumble Roulette last year for Wrestling News Live that was network-wide. And basically what happens is Trey gives you a random number when you call in, and you get that number. So when you watch the Royal Rumble and you listen to the coverage on SNS on Sunday Night Showdown, then whoever wins the Rumble, if that's the number that you got, whether it's number... 25 who might be santino morella or whether it's number one who might be tyson kid if any of those numbers win then you win and what you win in doing this is you get the opportunity to co-host a show of your choosing for one night only on the sns radio network it can be wrestling news live it can be uh the pro wrestling rewind with power andy knowles it could be unplugged with me um you know I haven't talked to Sean Beckerman or or Nim, but maybe even a guest spot on any of their shows too. It's just something we're going to do network wide, and you know that's. Is it open to us also as staff members, or is it just uh, the listeners? Well, you're already a host. I... Kinda. I mean, you do a segment. You and Crelly both do segments, so I don't know that you guys would count. Because I mean, you're already here, but that's, that defeats the purpose. If you're on, like Don Bronx. Would have been eligible, but now he's a host of the network, so he's not eligible. You know, just like I know last year we we all had numbers, and then I, Harmony and I had both decided that, you know, it does us no good to win this thing because we're already, like, owners and hosts of the fucking show. I mean, this is an opportunity not only to have a little fun for the Rumble, but to give somebody an opportunity at a guest hosting gig, you know. And, hey, if you're decent, who knows what could happen? We're always looking for new hosts on this network. Yeah, you never know. I might be fired next week. You could. You could. You start fucking up the God of War's name and, you know, fucking start talking about shit that, you know, that fucking Knights of the Old Republic was on the PS2. And I mean, who knows, man? You might. We can dream. We can dream. <laughs> Damn. You could be fired, too, so don't even talk. Anyway, on that note, we're going to go ahead and open up the phone lines. Uh, so if you want to call in and, and talk briefly with us here on Unplugged, the number to call, 501-588-7957. And uh, it can be really on anything we've talked about tonight. Uh, if you want to talk about the video gaming segment, you want to talk about anything professional wrestling-wise, or I don't know, you just want to tell us what you bought at the grocery store today. Fuck it. 
We'll take your call. It's just what we do on this show. The number, once again, 501-588-7957. And uh, the lines are open. You know, I do want to say to Bronx, great job on uh, on the Genesis pay-per-view. I mean, way to, ta- way to jump in and basically jump in feet first on something that I don't even know if you were ready for. So, I mean, did a great job. I definitely want to welcome you to the staff side of the network. But you still owe me my damn sandwich. Still wait on that. Bullshit. He ain't going to get you a fucking sandwich. Who the fuck are you? Go get me a motherfucking sandwich, Sean. Seriously. I said shark on that two hours ago. What happened? What? If anybody's getting anybody a sandwich, dude, you better fucking hit the kitchen and go get one for somebody. You're killing me. Let's go to the phone lines. Welcome to Unplugged. Who's this? What's up, JJ? This is Mike, man. Mike, what's going on, dude? I don't know. Happy New Year, brother. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to everybody. Hey, man, let, let me get right over into it. So how many more chains are you going to give uh, Monday Night Raw before you ban them? I mean, come on. Let's look at it, JJ. Okay, let's say we was looking at TNA and the main event in it tonight with a bitch crying because he knocked over one of the knockouts and you had Kurt Angle cussing him out, and that's how the main event ended. I mean, come on. That's Jesus Christ. Man, that was some, that was some bullshit. Come on, man. You're, you're talking about tonight on SmackDown? Yeah, tonight on SmackDown. Come on, man. Let's put... The main event, the big show crying because he knocked over, what, what's her name? Ashley, whatever her name is. And, and your brain, AJ. you big bastard. And, yeah, AJ. You big bastard. Uh, he just called. Jesus Christ. Come on, JJ. JJ. You going to tell me what WWE is doing is better than what TNA is doing right now? Come on, man. In that storyline? Yeah, I, I do. Hmm? And I, I'm going to tell you why. Because Daniel Bryan is not somebody who legitimately should be the world champion on SmackDown. Let's look at his career over the last year in the company. He won Money in the Bank, yeah. He lost every match, minus what, maybe five matches in this entire year. And then managed to get a bullshit win over the guy that beat the legitimate badass champion. And since then, he's done everything in his power to hold on to the belt including talking to his girlfriend about interfering in the match. Now, I actually liked the way they closed out the show with that because there's a story behind it, and it makes fucking sense. With TNA, there wouldn't be a story behind it. It would just be something random that they fucking do. Well, you say that. Well, because it's me. true. <laughs> no, I'm going to say, right? T- TNA, like, you, you didn't watch it for the last few weeks. It made sense. I don't know going to say about that. Um, granted, TNA in the past has fucked up, but recently they've been doing well. That's my point on that. Mm-hmm. But they have been doing um, a lot, Mike, that has pissed me off. I'm almost to the point where I'm ready to stop watching Raw entirely. I mean, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just from the Jericho coming to the ring, crying, well, crying this week, and I'm like, what the, Jesus Christ, you know, and... But that's why I tell people, when you don't have no competition, you can just give people anything you want because they know Vince, like, what else are they going to look at? And that's why you tell people, TNA needs to go away. No, TNA needs to be successful because if you don't have a competition, they can give you anything they want. It ain't no secret when he bought out WCW that they went to 
TG Braden Cross, guess what? He didn't have to do over-the-top stuff no more because he didn't have no competition. So basically they can feed you what they want to feed you, and that's what's going on right now. He's like, I can do And like you say, he's not trying to appeal to us. He's trying to appeal to the kids. But I still say it's an adult that spend money on the products. Even if they spend it for the kids, it's still an adult that spend money on the products. And I, I would agree to a point with that. I, I think that, you know, the adults do end up getting the product for the kids if they want a pay-per-view or if they want that John Cena shirt or if they want this and that. Yeah, then the the kids will get that. The parents will do that. And, I, again, I, I think it's it's a double-edged sword. On one end, it's kind of smart to do it that way. On the other it is kind of cutting into your business. But when you think about it, when I was growing up uh, and I started watching as a as a fan, I got into it when I was eight years old. And from the time I was eight, you know, uh, as I got older, things started to get a little more edgy. When, when I was, you know, in my early 20s is when they started up with the whole Attitude Era. So once that happened, I had grown up with the product. It wasn't the same thing I watched when I was a kid, and it fascinated me, and I got into it. I thought, well, hell, this is growing up with me. Now that I'm a father and have children of my own, I wouldn't want my kids watching the Attitude Era stuff, nor would I let them watch it now on archive stuff. But now that they have, you know, it is kind of family-friendly, it's okay for my kids to watch. So they're roping in that next generation audience. And it'll probably be the same way with them. As they get older, at some point, whoever's running the business, because Vince won't be around, maybe Triple H will be like, all right, we're going to get edgy again. And then that generation will get edgy, and then they'll bring it right back around to PG. It's cyclical. Wrestling is always that way. It's always success always goes in cycles. It's always been that way. Well, me personally, that's the only way that they're going to get edged again, they have to have competition. I guarantee you, if TNA go from a 1.1 to a 2.3 to a 2.4, I guarantee you, you will see the attitude error come back. I don't care if Linda in the Senate or on the Senate. I guarantee what you think. You think if TNA did a 2.4 in the coming weeks since when due dramatic change to the product? I don't think if TNA got a 2.4, it would make any fucking difference. As long as Vince McMahon is still getting... 3.0 or fucking 4.0 ratings, they're not a threat. I mean, TNA is not any kind of legitimate threat to the WWE. They are not competition. They are an alternative, yes, but they are not competition. Like, if they decided to move, just say, for example, if Vince McMahon wanted to prove a point and he put SmackDown back on, thir- on, on Thursday nights to go head-to-head with Impact, they would still kill Impact. If Impact decided to move their show to Friday nights to compete with SmackDown, they would still get killed in the fucking ratings. Doesn't matter. They're not at that level, and they don't have the people behind the scenes to make it happen. They don't have the right structure in place to make it happen. They're not a threat. They've been around for 10 fucking years, and they're still not a threat. Well, well, do you ever, like, in the next 10 years, like, do you ever see, like, anybody ever being a threat to them, like, upstart? Wrestling company, uh, do you like ever see that happen? Or it's just it till we probably be in the grave by the time a company do come along to, to be a threat to them. I would like to think that sometime, somewhere in the future, somebody's going to get together and they're going to have money and they're going to put something together and they would be maybe a threat to Vince McMahon. I mean, I do agree that competition needs to happen. 
The, but the problem is TNA is not competition. I mean, it, if Rupert Murdoch tomorrow decided to put together a wrestling company and he started putting big money contracts out for people, you know, uh, you know, I'd give it, I'd give it a shot. You know, I'd watch it. I'd see what would happen with it. If it was bad, it would, it'd be bad. I mean, if it was good, then great. You know, Maybe it's going to take time. It's going to take time for anybody to even try to compete with the WWE because they're such a uh, entrenched franchise because they've been around for so long. You know, they are the top dog. They're the most recognized wrestling company in the world. Whether you like that or not, it's the God's honest truth. I mean, yeah, you know, that's why I try to tell people. Wrestling, when WWE had competition, you had WCW and WWF going at it. That's when wrestling was at its best because everybody was trying to outdo each other. And that's the days when you were just flicking the channel back and forth. Because you're like, what's going on here? What's going on there? Like, I mean, let me be honest with you. If tomorrow John Cena was fed up with the WWE, if he had a fight with Vince McMahon and he left, or he let his contract expire and told Vince, I'm going to retire, and then the very next day went to Dixie Carter and signed a contract with TNA, it still wouldn't fucking get them ratings because they wouldn't know what to do with a guy like John Cena. They are incapable of running a professional wrestling company. But I'm going to make a prediction. A prediction. Put it down here. I said this. By next year, Dixie Carter will sell the company. She will not be in charge. Um, the stuff I'm hearing, I just see on the wrestling boards. I mean, it's like they, and on what Spike TV, basically, they say they're not really pleased with Dixie Carter. So I think within a year, she will not be on the TNA. What do you think? Well, I it, think they will have a new owner. Within well, one year. If if somebody buys out the company, then fine. Chances are, if somebody buys out the company, it'll be Vincent Kennedy McMahon, and it'll be on his fucking network. So you know, <laughs> then all you people that want to see TNA versus WWE will get it. It'll be a watered down invasion angle like they did with WCW. So be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. They proved that with the WCW invasion. No, I was more like Spike TV would buy it and just. <laughs> Dude, you know what? Break Spike TV knows about wrestling. Spike TV mm. would be better off fucking dropping Impact and trying to bring Ring of Honor over there because I think Ring of Honor's got a better shot at being a successful wrestling company than Impact. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, so, I just so, I do. So, have you checked it out yet, Ring of Honor? I know you said you haven't had time to check out the show. Have you checked it out yet? No, because I have to watch it online. I don't. I don't get anything that has Ring of Honor here. Like, I have no channels with Ring of Honor on it. So if I want to do it, I've got to go online and watch shit on the computer. And I don't know about you, but I don't have the biggest computer screen in the world. It's not as big as my TV. And I'd much rather watch shit on TV than on the computer. So, I, no, I haven't watched it. Hey, that, that's how I watch my TNA pay-per-views now on computer, so I got used to it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mike, anything else before I let you go, brother? Oh, yeah, I just want to give a shout out my boy Andy Roberts, Mays in the chat, and one Don Bronx. You know that's a that's a good job he did, Sunday man. It's like, man, it's like he's been doing it ten years. Brother stepped up, man. For someone who's been a rookie, man, I was I was impressed. He definitely stepped up. Yeah, man. Like I could tell by the articles that he writes on Network. I used to read. I'm like, man, Bronx should be writing like for a major wrestling pu- publication or something. He goes deep on them, man. Yeah, no doubt about that. Well, Mike, thanks for the call, brother. All right, man. Appreciate you, bro. Take care. All right, we'll talk to you later. All right, yeah. All right, hey, be sure to call in Monday so we can give you a number. 
Anyway, let's go back to the phone lines. Welcome to Unplugged. Who's this? Hollywood. Always up to no good. Hey, what's up, Hollywood? Not much, not much. It's been a while. Hanging out. Uh, uh, enjoying my day off from work. Slow, slow week at work. I mean, a very slow drag. Really? Yeah. We have no orders in for the next few months, so it's just pushing product out, just to push product out. To keep, to keep money in their wallets. True that, true that. So what's on your mind tonight? I have not watched much wrestling, but I'm kind of get, trying to get back into it because I'm going to be going to SmackDown here, taping here in a couple of weeks. So I'm trying to get back into it. I've been watching a little bit of a little bit of things here and there, and I all I can say is, really, <laughs> really. That's all I can say. I can't say anything about Jericho. I can't say anything about Brodus Clay. That's all I can just say is just really. <laughs> You know, what kills me about the Brodus Clay thing is everybody's just, oh, I love the song. I can't get out of my head. Dude, it's been around since 2004. I mean, Ernest Miller had it. I mean, yeah, it's a catchy song, but it ain't nothing new. You know, I mean, if tomorrow, if Rikishi's music comes back because we got another fucking dancing hippo in the fucking ring, are people going to think, oh, this is the greatest theme song ever? Like, What? I just, I don't get it. Uh, you know, I, I'm not one of those live-in-the-moment people that, you know, that, that's a fucking sheep that just will sit there and watch the computer or, or the TV screen and be entertained by something they're doing. I'm a wrestling fan. I guess that's the problem. That's why I'm just finding myself jaded. You know, if I want to watch entertainment, I'll watch a fucking movie. If I want to watch, you know, a cartoon, I'll watch a fucking cartoon. I don't watch the WWE to watch a fucking stupid fucking 300-pound-something guy or 500-pound guy come out in a fucking Speedo and fucking run DMC track pants and fucking come out to somebody else's music from fucking six years ago. I just, you know, that, that's not my thing. This guy should be a completely different character. I just, I don't get it. All this... Dude, that's why I really haven't watched WWE a lot. That's why I've been really, watch, really watching just independence of I'm really into NWA Hollywood. They have really got a good wrestling game going on right there. It's no no real talk. It's just more wrestling. It's just get in the ring, do your match, t- go in the interview, shoot, get up, ring, get to going up the next guy in. I mean, maybe next it's week. Wrestling. Maybe next week, Duke the Dumpster Drossy will come back, and we'll have that fucking theme music with the damn dumpster truck in the background, or maybe T.L. Hopper. Or or maybe T.L. I mean, not even a. I mean, maybe the repo man will pop out of somewhere. I don't know. Who knows? Or, or maybe, maybe in the backstage segment, Teddy Long will go take a shit, and the fucking toilet's clogged, and they call in T.L. Hopper and his fucking plunger, and he fucking unplunges the goddamn toilet. I mean, is that what's fucking next? I, I mean, seriously. Yes, please. Fuck. Oh, sorry. Shut up. Please. I don't know. That's what, I mean, you talked, I mean, last guy talked about Rain Water. The only thing negative about Rain Water right now with the Sinclair Network is you have to pay... I think it's what eighty bucks a year, just to watch Ring of Honor on your computer. Eighty bucks. Well, my my biggest. I pay less, I pay less for cable bill than that. I mean, from from what I understand, the biggest pet peeve with Ring of Honor is that you know, and again, maybe I'm wrong here, but I've heard that like Davy Richards doesn't sell anything. You know, like you can't have a guy that's getting moves hit on him and he doesn't fucking sell it. I mean, seriously. It, Every fucking move and you don't sell it, that's fucking crazy. Again, that's what I'm hearing. I don't fucking watch it, so I don't know. Well, 
I don't know. Maybe they, maybe Ring of Honor's trying to make him like super Cena. You just never know. They may be like, well, okay, let's work for John Cena. Let's try it on David Richards. I mean, let's never know. Now the good thing about Cena is he'll sell for like a minute and then he's okay. Yeah, he does at least sell a little bit. You know, but see, but then you get the but then you get the Birdman the Birdman calls and the sun just comes up and it's like Birdman. But but see the difference be- from there. the difference between John Cena and like independent talent is John Cena sells merchandise. He doesn't have to sell the moves. He sells merchandise. Do you know? Well, that, I know. And I, I, hold, hold on. I hold on. That. Hollywood. Hold on. Do you know okay. that I believe it was the year 2010, this report just came out. I'm actually surprised Crelly didn't bring this up. But did you know in the year 2010 that he was worth over $100 million in revenue to the company? Yeah, I actually did read that report. That is astonishing. $106 million. Thank you, Mays. That's what he brought into the WWE. So whether he sells moves or not, he sells merchandise. That's why this whole stupid, oh, you need to turn John Cena heel is the dumbest fucking thing ever. Because now, even if you don't like Cena, they have the anti-Cena shit, which is going to sell and make him a huge profit. I bet you next year, he'll be a $200 million man. Oh, yeah. And we'll keep going until he finally says, that's it, I'm done. And regardless of how I feel about him or anybody else feels about him, until he's not a draw like that, he's going to be the main guy. It's just the way it is. We don't have to like it, but it's the way it's going to be. Uh, I guess just me. I've just kind of gotten more into independent wrestling anymore. I mean, I don't know what it is. It's just, you know, I'm trying to get back into a little bit because I want to, you know, enjoy that SmackDown title and be like, uh-huh, okay, Chris Jericho is talking, wait, no, he's not talking, he's talking, there's uh, Hippo, oh, okay, um, <laughs> what happened to us, what happened to this? Yep. What's going on? No, you're right. You're right, anything else? I'm not, not really, was there any good gaming news? I kind of was trying to leave my stuff up so we can go to the store. Uh, well, I think. What all did you talk about, Sean? I, I was trying to I was trying to remember who the God of War was. Oh wait, no, that was you. Never mind. Oh no, no. You know who the God of War is? Listen, 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 listen. We we don't have time to recap the the, the gaming news tonight. You're just gonna have to listen I'm to the archive. I talked. Hey, one last thing before I go. Um, I can't listen on maybe not on Monday because I have to work. Then I can get my my number in early. Well, Trey is the one that's going to be pulling the numbers from his random hat. I don't okay. do it. I don't do it. I just produce the show and host it. Trey is right. going to be the one doing it. That's that. You know, I would have announced it this week, but he wasn't on the show, so I can't give you All anything right. until next week. I'm in okay. no control over it. All righty. Well, right. I guess I'll have to kind of be out this year, unfortunately, because like, I have to work, and it's always on my days that you know something that like you guys are on. This is the only time I actually get to call in because. You know, I'm working nights. I'm working graveyards. Well, then send me an email, and I'll try and get your number, okay? Okay, I will happily do that. Right. And that, for that, for now I'm out because I'm, when I go make fun of my fiance's nasty uh, health energy drink, and we're going to go to the store. <laughs> all right, yeah, just send me an email, and I, I don't think we're going to get all 30 okay. numbers passed out on Monday, so we'll see what we all can right. do. But we'll have, them, that. we'll have them all passed out by, you know, before the Rumble, obviously. But, yeah, just send me an wait, email wait. if you can't call in. Okay. All right. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Later, Hollywood. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Welcome to uh, Welcome to Unplugged. Who's this? 
It's Bronx. What's up, J.J.? Bronxy, what's up, dude? Have you seen the Avengers trailer yet? I have, yes. Yeah, man. I mean, that looks badass. I'm actually kind of glad that Ed Norton's not coming back as the Hulk. Ed Norton just didn't sell it for me as Bruce Banner. I don't know. He's so fucking overrated, it's not even funny. Everybody's like, Ed Norton's the greatest actor ever. Yeah, okay, whatever. He was he was good in a couple movies, but I just I don't care for Ed Norton. I'm not big on Ruffalo either, but... You know, I'm willing to give him a shot. I've seen some Ruffalo movies. I mean, he's not bad. Um, well, I just saw Thor last night, finally. I'd never been that big of a Thor fan, but last night I figured, what the hell, let me watch it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was very well done. Um, now, I noticed that we've got, um, uh, God, I, I'm like Sean. I'm so bad with names. We've got, um, what's his name, coming back as Iron Man? Uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr., right. Is I couldn't really tell from the trailer. Is it the same guy reprising Thor? Yes. Yes. Okay. Cool. Isn't it Chris Hemlock? Is that his name? What's that? Isn't it Chris Hemsworth or something? Yeah, Chris Hemsworth. He did a great Thor. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the Captain America is the same actor as well, correct? Yeah. Yeah, It's it's the the uh, what's Chris Evans. He was the only the only one they've changed thus far is Bruce Banner, which is kind of strange. Maybe Norton just didn't want to do it. No, no. It, I, I, I tell you the story behind that. What happened was was that uh, Ed Norton didn't have the greatest working relationship with, with Marvel. seems Marvel's very, uh, very hoity-toity on their movies. And from what I understand, Ed Norton's kind of an ass on, on, the, on the set anyway. So they just didn't mix, and they didn't want him involved in the, uh, in the sequel. So... Or, in any sequel. So just a one-time shot. Yeah, I'm looking real forward to that movie. I'm looking real forward to the new Underworld, too. My girl is back. Yeah, baby. Yeah, you're like me. I, I have a thing for Kate Beckinsale. You know, oh, she's she's God, on my she list. So she's on my list. Harmony would have to excuse me on that one. You know, but the one movie that just floored me with her was when she did the Adam Sandler movie, Click, about the remote control. And I'm like, dude, I love Adam Sandler, but I'm so sick of him getting all the hot ass in every fucking movie. Dude, you are no near enough hot. Enough. You're not hot enough to fucking get ass like that. I'm sorry. Just doesn't fucking happen. But that's Adam Sandler for you. Yeah, and I mean, the outfit she wears in Underworld, I mean, you think that's done purposely? <laughs> well, that and, that and isn't, isn't the director of the movie actually Kate Beckinsale's husband, if I'm not mistaken? Or am I thinking of something else? Uh, I'm Lynn, not sure. I think Lynn Wiseman I think, is... I think is, you're thinking of Resident Evil and Mila. Oh, the, Paul Anderson and, and Mila Jovovich? Yeah. Right. I could have sworn I heard something about Kate Beckinsale, but maybe I'm wrong, but that's fine. Well, I mean, in my opinion, Underworld is the greatest werewolf slash vampire series ever freaking made. I enjoyed all of them. I really can't find a problem with any one of them I've seen. I enjoyed one, two. Do and the prequel. Oh, so, oh, JJ uh, is correct. She is married to Lynn Wiseman. Booyah, motherfucker. Booyah. Well, so is Resident Evil's Mila and she, Anderson. Oh, I mean, oh, that's so, what I thought. I was going to say, what, Mila Jovovich is also married to Lynn Wiseman? So that makes him a fucking no, big, uh, 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 bigamist? Or a polygamist? I would, wouldn't be surprised. No, no. I, seriously. I, I knew that I knew that Anderson and Jovovich were married, but I was pretty sure Lynn Wiseman was married to, uh, to Beckinsale. Somebody got to send me a picture of this guy. I, I like to see if he's worthy of that ass because, I mean, whew, man. But I digress. 
uh, wrestling. I don't even know what to say about wrestling. I mean, you know, we, we're talking about TNA be, being a viable second. You know, one thing you got to remember, Ted Turner had huge balls because he could have huge balls because he had money. I mean, Eric Bischoff was going to do a sales pitch for him. He had no intention of going up against Raw. And basically, Turner tells Eric Bischoff, why aren't we doing better in the ratings? And Bischoff blabs out, because I don't have prime time. And that's when Ted Turner uttered the famous words, give him two hours on Monday night on, what were they on? Uh, TNT. TNT, TNT. You know, but the thing is, a few things were different. I wanted to point out a couple of things. A, Turner, I mean, Dixie Carter's family has money, but I mean, they're not the Turners, A. B, back then, there was no 90-day no-compete clause. So when these guys got fed up with WWE, they could, I mean, do you remember Lex Luger? I mean, that was the holy shit moment that really made people say, you know, this company could be for real. You know, TNA hasn't done anything like that yet. I mean, if, if, okay, let's say John Cena jumps ship to TNA. Well, you're not going to see him for 90 days. And then... TNA is going to utilize its its biggest problem, which is, in my opinion, not, you know, no promotion. I mean, when Jeff Hardy, when they knew they were getting Jeff Hardy, they should have spent a million dollars on advertising. You know, this is back before Jeff really screwed up and let people know that, you know, we're getting this guy. It doesn't help to bring in a WWE big league superstar if no one knows you're bringing him in. No, that's well, true. I mean, that's a good point. Do you remember the, the Kurt Angle thing? I mean, they showed his whole trailer thing at Bound for Glory. I mean, no one knew what was going on. They dimmed the lights quick as possible, and then there's there's the trailer. He appears on on stage. I think that worked amazingly for TNA because everyone tuned in that that Thursday to see Impact because they wanted to see is it really Kurt Angle? Is he really showing up? I mean, that worked for them amazingly, and I think they should do stuff like that more so than, I mean, doing the promos, doing the cryptic promos is great. It makes people want to watch and see what's going to happen, but the way they did Kurt Angle was just absolutely phenomenal, and I think they need to do more stuff like that. Well, the the cool thing about Kurt Angle was that, and I remember being a part of, uh, well, WrestleTalk Radio at that point. I was uh, with that show for you know a number of years. Those of you who don't know, I actually founded that show along with Tim Stein and uh, David Thomas. The Gigolo. That was the Gigolo, yes. And uh, I can remember us. I guess it was the month before he debuted when they showed the promo that you know somebody was coming, and, and a lot of us thought it was going to be Goldberg. You know, this was around the same time that Vince and, and the WWE had let Kurt Angle go because of the substance abuse problems and him refusing rehab. But I remember going into that show. And I told the world, I said, it's going to be Kurt Angle. You watch. And then they showed the promo where they announced at the end of the pay-per-view that night. And sure enough, it was fucking Kurt Angle. Well, I mean, I've been watching TNA. I mean, you know, now I've, I've always been watching it. But now I feel I've got a responsibility to make sure I keep, you know, myself really up to date on TNA if I'm going to be doing pay-per-views. But, I mean, th- their last pay-per-view, see, here's, here's the thing I don't get. Their last pay-per-view, in my opinion, was awesome. Did it have a few things about it I didn't like? Sure. 
But I thought it was a great pay-per-view. I mean, uh, thus far, and I know this will change, and yeah, I know we're not even two weeks into 2012, but thus far, that Abyss Bully Ray match is, right now, is my match of the year contender. Now, I know that's going to change. Yeah, but Bronx, Bronx, I I took a shit yesterday, and it was the best shit I've had all year. And we're (laughs) only, you know, 13 days in. So, I mean, that is going to change. I, I, I love when people in the first month, oh, it's the best match of the year. Well, year just started. I know. I understand that. But my point is, my, my problem is this. When TNA does something, puts on a shitty show, people shit on it. But when TNA puts on a good show, people shit on it. That's what I don't get. It's like, if you're, if how do I put this? If you're TNA... You say to yourself, every single thing we've tried, no matter how what we've tried, people are going to, you know, shit on it. That's what I don't get. It's like, I, I'll put it to you this way. If there, if there were 30 TNA wrestlers in a bus and they drove by an orphanage and it was on fire and they ran in and saved every child, the IWC would bitch because they left one of the little girl's teddy bears behind. It's just, if if they really do something bad, I'll shit all over them. But I, I hate when they really do put on a great show like they did, you know, that last Sunday. And yet, everyone still says, oh, it was a D pay-per-view. It was an F pay-per-view. I listen to other radio shows. And they bitch about things that they would let the WWE have a pass on. That's my problem. Well, now, see, here's the thing, and I, you have a valid point, but at the same time, and I get into arguments with Trey about this all the time, I can tell you my reasons for not supporting TNA, for not liking TNA, okay? And when I make those arguments, I get, okay, well, that makes sense. I understand. Sure. And then, but hold on, but then it's everybody else shits on TNA. Is it not possible that those other people that shit on TNA shit on it for the same reason that I shit on it? If I have a valid reason, then why doesn't everybody else have a valid reason? There are those that, yes, will shit on something because it doesn't go their way and their fantasy booking wasn't right. But if I'm bringing legitimate arguments, why is it that nobody else can bring a legitimate argument? And that seems to be the current thing. And I get that from guys on this network all the time, especially Trey. If I tell him, okay, I don't like this, I don't like this, or I don't like this, but somebody else says it, he disagrees with them. It's okay, I understand why you don't like it, but nobody else can have the same opinion as me. That makes no fucking sense to me. Yeah, but not everyone else has the ability to... to they either don't have the the, uh, the outlet you have to express your opinion and go to say why. In other words, it's like sometimes someone will say something about TNA and I'll say, well, why do you feel that way? And I won't get a response. What I'd love to do is it, it, at some point, I'd love to set up a poll, even if I did it on my site or we did it, And I'd like to ask people, why don't you like TNA? And just see what reasons I get. You know, that's the thing. A lot of times people don't give reasons. They just say, I don't like it, and that's it. Why? Well, I just don't like it. You know, you've you've given valid reasons for why you don't like it, and you also have a much, much more enhanced wrestling mind than most of the fans. I don't think a lot of the fans can tell you why they don't like it that's that's the problem it's you know if i could get some reasons i I would say okay i mean i could sit down and tell you some of the things that i don't like what they that they do i don't like the fact that they try to 
go against. I mean, you shouldn't always give your fans what they want. But, you know, if the fans are cheering the shit out of a guy, it might be a good idea to keep him face and not turn him heel and vice versa. That's one thing they do. Their lack of advertising. They don't advertise nearly enough. They never have since their inception. You know, I can sit down and give you a list of the things I don't like. But on the other hand, I could also go on a 20-minute rant about what I don't like in the WWE. So I understand what you're saying, man. And, and I'm not saying TNA is perfect. But I just sometimes see people shitting on them when I don't feel they deserve it. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I, and, and I see where you're coming from that. I really do. You know, and I'm not just saying that because, you know, I'm, I'm doing the pay-per-views now. You know, if that pay-per-view would have, would have sucked, I, I would have, on the air, been the first one to tell you what I didn't like about it. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe it's just that I want an alternative because the WWE is so bad right now. It's like, what else? You have to find something else or give up being a wrestling fan. No, I, and and believe me, I'm I'm pretty close to fucking uh, completely stopping to watch Raw. I mean, I I've almost gotten to the point where I'm pretty much done, and that's that's a bad point to be in. You know, I didn't think I was going to get there with TNA. I tried and I tried and I tried, and you know, 2012 keeps up the way it's going. Then I don't know how much longer I've got with with Raw. You know, I, it's just it's not working out for me. I mean, I can DVR a two hour and ten minute Raw and get through it in an hour and ten minutes. Yeah. I mean, between fast-forwarding the commercials and the shit that I know is going to suck, I mean, yeah. phew, you know, that's not good. No, true that. Well, Brock, okay, man. Anything thank else? You for the time. Uh, no, I'm good. Uh, a little kind of disappointed I can't pick a number, but that's okay. <laughs> well, you're on the network. You're hosting a show now. I know. And what does it matter anyway? Last year I got fucking Chavo. Now, th- this year you'll probably get, uh, you know... Well, you won't get anybody this year, but I mean, you probably would have gotten like Santino or something, you know. But even though, even though last year Santino actually did make it to the end, like he almost wow. won the thing. I mean, so shit happens. But anyway, Bronx, thanks for the call, man. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, brother. Peace. All right, all right. We're gonna go to our last phone call because it sounds like World War Three upstairs, and I gotta go fucking find out what's going on. So, uh, welcome to Unplugged. Who's this? Hey, yo, guys, it's L Train. L Train, what's on your mind, dude? Hey, man. Uh... There's really a whole lot I could talk about with wrestling tonight since I didn't see any of SmackDown. Um, heard you talking about a little bit of stuff, like um, obviously a lot of the displeasure you're seeing with a lot of the Canadian talent, how they're getting treated, like with what happened tonight with apparently Tyson and uh, Natalia and Jinder Mahal and all that. Um, I don't exactly agree with what you were saying about, um, about uh, Tamina. I just think that I haven't liked the fact that it's been so long since they've been able to utilize anything with Tamina ever since they split her up from the Usos. I mean, I always thought she was talented whenever, went back when it was the Usos and the Hart Dynasty um, having their little feud going on. And the few times you saw Tamina and Natalia um, locking up, I always thought they had some good matches. And I never understood why it is that they didn't have anything to use with her up until recently when they put her back with Natalia a few weeks ago. Well, see, the problem I have with Tamina, like, seriously, even watching that match tonight, she botched some things. I mean, that Superfly splash didn't look great. Um, I, I just, I feel like, I don't know what the motivation is to give her the push right now. They're making a big deal out of, okay, yeah, she's Jimmy Snuka's daughter. You know, they tried this same experiment with Sim Snuka, and it didn't fucking work. Um, you know, 
they did a lackluster job building the Hart dynasty, you know. Uh, I mean, seriously, I, I think that right now the only thing that could benefit Natalia maybe would to bring be bring Jim in as her fucking manager, you know, and let him talk for her, you know, and just let her just beat the shit out of people. I, I just I, – <laughs> I don't know. The Tamina character just doesn't do it for me. I just I don't think she's good enough in the ring. She's obviously not very good at talking. I just I don't understand. And again, Natalia's job is what it is. She's a wrestler in an entertainment company. They don't let her do what she's good at. You know, she's one of the top female wrestlers in North America, possibly even in the world. I don't keep up with Japanese talent, but I think she could pretty much hang with anybody on any given night. And, again, she doesn't have the greatest personality in the world. She's not the greatest talker. But she's damn good from bell to bell. Right. And, like, like what you were saying, like how they didn't really build up as much as they could have and done everything that they could have with the Hart Dynasty. I mean, the tag team division and the women's division in general, we know that it's it's been in a rut because there's a lot of the stuff that, you know, Vince and the the – higher up people don't really care about i mean it was something that i tweeted about with crelly a few days ago like how there's a lot of stuff that they really could be doing with the women's division but they don't because they want to put a lot of the eye candy out there i mean with the few months ago that we had to suffer with kelly kelly as divas champion and just the, the horrendous matches we had to deal with i think it was either SummerSlam or whatever the september pay-per-view was JJ, I just kept on remembering every time you would see one botch go off of Kelly, just your reaction, and then I think like within 10 seconds there were two botches straight up. I just don't, I'm just wondering when it is, if ever, we're going to get to a point where we're going to see something in the women's division, in the tag team division. Is It's hard to even call it a resurgence because it feels like it's been so long since you saw them, since they were at a high point. I mean, up since I think the like a, the early 2000s, that was the last time you could really say there was a upswing in either division. True that, I'm, uh, and I agree with that. You know, and then my biggest complaint with Tyson Kidd, I fully expected him to lose to Brodus Clay. Don't get me wrong, Tyson is what he is, but I would have liked to have seen him be able to put on a decent match. I mean, right now we're not really seeing much from Brodus Clay. We know he does this move. We know he does that move. You know, what better way to showcase a guy? And I know people are say, well, he beat him in like 10 seconds. That's pretty dominant. Yeah, it is. But at the same time, you're burying somebody like Tyson Kidd uh, to really try to get Brodus over. And I think that's a mistake. I think burying Tyson is a bad idea. Again, I think he's one of the best talents in that company and has great matches with everybody. You know, he could fucking make Hulk Hogan look like a superstar. I mean, seriously. Even if Hulk Hogan was like crippled, had three, you know, had had fucking one leg and, and no arms, he could still make the guy look like a fucking monster. My biggest problem is is that the match lasted literally ten fucking seconds. You know, I, I just feel like it's a waste of, of Tyson's ability. You know, that guy deserves a lot better than what he's getting in the WWE. And I hope that when his contract is up, he does like Harry and he fucking leaves. Because right. he's never going to go anywhere in that company. He's going to be the guy that's elevating that guy. He's never going to be it. I mean, like, seriously, you have so many cruiserweights in this company that you could yeah. utilize. Why not give him a run with the cruiserweight title, okay, and put him up in matches against Yoshitatsu, who he's had a great program with, uh, Trent Beretta, who he's worked great with. Any guy on that roster 
in a cruiserweight division match would do well with Tyson Kidd. Hell, put him in line for a fucking Intercontinental Championship match. Let him run with that belt. He could be a proven commodity. I just think it's a shame that he's wasted fodder for fucking the new hip-hop hippo, Brodus Clay. It's just fucking ridiculous. You could have had Santino Morella do that exact same thing, and nobody would have batted an eye. Too many guys in the company that they just they just have rotting there, not showing off what they can do. And I've seen Tyson before, even back when he was just teaming up with a with Harry Smith as a hard dynasty, I know how talented the guy is. There are just too many guys they've got sitting there that they're 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 not using them to even a fraction of their potential. They just have them out there. I can I can definitely say it's an insult to have someone like Tyson Kidd going out there as a jobber. It is, it is. I mean, in in terms of wrestling ability, he's as good as a guy like Shawn Michaels because Shawn Michaels could wrestle a broomstick and make it look good. I'm not saying he's a main event guy. He's too small to be a main event talent. You know, he doesn't have the charisma that Shawn Michaels has. Wrestling-wise, he's that damn good. He's fluid. I've never seen a bad match with Tyson Kidd. And I've seen some pretty shoddy wrestlers. Like, it's just natural to him. You know, he's not a member of the Hart family by blood. But he has it. And it's just a shame to see that guy wasted on TV. He's just there. He's making a great payday, mind you. But they're not doing anything creative with, with him. I mean, he should be somebody that had a run uh, besides being a tag team champion, which was very lackluster. They did nothing for them. They were tag team champions at the worst period in the history of tag team wrestling. And that's that's disgraceful to me. I don't, know, man. I just, I don't, I don't get what, what, what the heck is going on with them. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I wonder how much longer they're going to keep Tyson around. I mean, if they're if they're not gonna do anything with him, you know what? Go ahead and release him and let him shine. Maybe on like on the indie circuit. Like, um, I, I guess I can go ahead and take this opportunity to give some congratulations to Harry after hearing about the uh, championship he won tonight. Five time champion, five different championships, man. That's unheard of these days. You know, for for a guy to. For I've actually heard radio shows call him the wor- he was the worst talent in the WWE. I heard some radio personalities say once. They said that about Harry. Yes, that D.H. Smith was the worst talent in the WWE. And here this guy is now, after the fact, winning championships all over the fucking world, and he has five right now. That dude must have worse sight than Bronx. How the hell are you even going to do that shit? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, you know, I, you know, I was, I wasn't sure if I was going to be talking about anything uh, gaming wise, but I guess I can just save that for next week. Um, I guess, I guess to end the call, you were um, talking about, um, you know, how you think it's too soon for uh, Edge to go in, and how everybody's upset that you know, doesn't look like Macho's going in this year. In all honesty, do you think? Because I'm pretty sure people are probably thinking about next year. Also, do you think they might save Savage and the Poffo family for the induction before WrestleMania 30? It's possible. Like it would be kind of a big number. It's possible, but I mean, with them being in Florida for WrestleMania 28, I mean, that's 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 where Poffo lives. I mean, that's you know, Randy was from Sarasota, Florida. You know, that's where he was billed from as the Macho Man, and I think it's a travesty that they didn't utilize that. I mean, when's the next time they're going to be in Florida for WrestleMania? I mean, you'd you'd want to think that when they do the Hall of Fame induction for him, 
and his family, that it would be someplace where, you know, they were a big attraction. And I think Florida is that place. You know, same with Edge. I would think that you'd want to induct him in Ontario, you know, like at the Sky Dome or something, right? I mean, because he is a Canadian talent, you know. I I just, I kind of, when I look at the people that they induct and the people that they haven't inducted, you know, uh, it's a shame they're going to wait until probably Harry resigns with the company because he will. He even said in his interview with WNL that it's inevitable. He'll probably go back, you know, after he's had a couple of years experience and, you know, he's been able to do some things and, you know, WWE will or t- make no mistake about it. They're taking notice of what he's doing right now. And they're probably really impressed. So at some point he'll be back in the company. Don't know when, but they'll probably wait till he comes back. They'll give him a push. And then, Davy Boy Smith will be inducted in the Hall of Fame. And guess who's going to induct him? Harry. That's the way it's going to be. You know, at some point, at some point, Jim's going to get inducted. Maybe they'll do something with Natalia, and then she'll induct her dad. I mean, who knows, man? I I, I just think that, like I said, if they were going to induct anybody in the Hall of Fame, I think they had a grand slam with the Poffo family and Elizabeth. This would have been the year to do it in Florida. And I think they dropped the ball. I guess we're, I guess we're only going to find out whenever it happens i mean i don't i don't know um it's 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 definitely long overdue i think anybody anybody with a little bit of half a sense as far as wrestling goes could say it's it's a shame that he's not in there already um it sounds like it's probably going to be when the entire family goes in according to what his brother and his dad had decided but I think we're all just still looking forward to the day when we actually get to hear that in some way, shape, or form, Savage is in the Hall of Fame at some point. He's the most deserving of it, in my opinion. Of guys who are not there, I, he's the top of the list of most deserving. You know, that list also includes guys like Rick Rude, who deserves to be there. Um, you know, obviously Arn Anderson, who's going to get inducted this year, which, you know, thank God for that. But so many guys that, that could have been inducted or need to be inducted and gals too that aren't there and it's just it's it's disgusting to me sometimes but you got to look at it this way they're a company they have certain ways they do things and you know they opted to go a different way i mean with edge having to retire last year i guess that was the big focal point let's go ahead and put it on edge i just i think a longer wait would have been better but you know I'm just a fucking smart mark with a fucking radio show. I don't know anything. I definitely say you're smarter than half the people in that company. <laughs> That's an understatement, my friend. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, it's pretty much going to do it for me. Um, I'll speak to you guys on uh, Monday for WNL because hopefully I'll be able to take part in my first uh, little uh, Royal Rumble pool to try and get in for that hosting gig. Yeah, because what we'll do probably with that is we'll just we take the phone calls it'll be just quick little phone calls to get a number you know and so we'll get as many calls as we can on on monday but i I don't see us getting all the numbers you know we'll probably do like 15 this week and 15 next week it all depends on how much time we have but uh you know any numbers that we don't get done before the rumble then i'll probably use the unplugged to finish those numbers out but we'll, we'll make sure that we get everything taken care of so definitely call in man all right, man, I'll speak to you guys uh, some point within the next week or so. All right, sounds good, Altrin. All right, peace. All right. And, guys, that's going to do it for tonight. Um, it's been it's been a long show. I've got to gotta go find out if my upstairs has not been nuked because uh, it's 
Sounded pretty rough up there, man. I got to make sure nobody's dead. Some crazy shit going on upstairs. So I guess, with that being said, we'll go ahead and, and wrap things up. Crelly, are you still here? Or did Crelly leave? Says he's still there. He's passed out. I'm here, but I'm not. But I don't have a head to plug in. <laughs> what? Okay, he doesn't have his head jack in. Anyway, Crelly, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, fuck me to my own. I'm awesome. There you go. Sean, <laughs> any final thoughts before we get out of here? Um, thanks to Ashley for taking over recap on Monday, so I can go see Jeff Dunham. Vote for JJ, host of the year. He definitely deserves it. I mean, come on. We don't have to go into much more information about that. Vote on the Wrestling Radio Awards. Definitely go vote. I think that's about it. Oh, yeah. And one more thing. As I always say, U4L, unplugged, alive. Well, very notable. Very notable and noble thing, Sean. I appreciate that. Crelly, for you too. Just want to say uh, the programming for the rest of the week here on the SNS Radio Network. Uh, I did upload a new episode of Beyond the Bell with Sean Beckerman over the last couple of days. Uh, also, there's an episode up of the Elite Force Podcast, the midweek edition with Chuck W. Uh, don't forget, on Sunday we'll have another episode of the Elite Force Podcast with William Walkie Walker and, of course, Philip Mindwipe Morris. So check that out. Uh, hopefully an episode of Why will be archived this week. I'll make sure that we uh, we hear from Nim or Brass Eye this week and get you details on that. And don't forget Wrestling News Live on Monday as me and Trey start giving out those Royal Rumble roulette numbers where you get an opportunity to co-host a show of your choosing on the SNS Radio Network. That's right. You get to cash it in. And you can be like Bronx and make the most of it. It might even be better than us. Who knows? But we're going to find out. So with that said, uh, definitely keep up with all the shows here on the SNS Radio Network. Don't forget to go vote on the Wrestling Radio Awards over at WrestlingRadioAwards.com. JJ Sexay for Host of the Year. Shawn Michaels, Male Interview of the Year. Kevin Nash, Wrestling Media Interview of the Year. Unplugged for Show of the Year. WNL for Show of the Year. Or Unplugged for show of the year now we want we want WNL because we want to go four times unplugs next year we're gonna we're gonna push that motherfucker out next year so that being said I'm JJ Sexay and you've just been unplugged this song is dedicated to all the wrestlers who've never gotten their way in WWE and some of the ones that are still there all about a yeah, runaway train Don't Secrets I couldn't keep. I promised myself I wouldn't leave. One more promise I couldn't keep. It seems no one can help me now. I'm in too deep. There's no way out. This time I have really let myself astray. Run away, train. Go back one way 
track Seems like I should be getting somewhere I'm neither here nor there Talents like Montel Vontavious Porter Harry D.H. Smith Carlito The Masterpiece, Chris Masters Current star, Tyson Kidd Natalia And so many more WWE Push your stars Work on your roster Get creative Because who knows, next week will be the last time we see any of them They're all going to be a part of this long running runaway train It's really sad Also on this train, John Morrison, Shelton Benjamin, Big Luke Gallows. show crying after Smackdown tonight sorry fuck you fuck you fuck you you're cool and fuck you I'm out